Kid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Now to Capitol Hill, where two agents from the Internal Revenue Service testified about their role in the federal investigation of Hunter Biden. The president's son is expected to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax crimes next week. The lead case agent said the evidence supported more serious charges. I worked 95% of this tax investigation. Hotels he was blacklisted from. Payments that were made to escorts. Payments that are made to no-show employees. Criticism of Israel must not cross the line into negation of the state of Israel's right to exist. Vilifying and attacking Jews, whether, whether in Israel, in the United States, or anywhere else in the world, is anti-Semitism. Out of the Gilgo Beach murder case, we've learned that six days after suspect Rick Sherman was taken into custody, his wife has filed for the divorce. It comes as more women are coming forward, sharing their chilling encounters with him. Police say the Manhattan architect and father of two has been linked to the murders of three women and is the prime suspect in a fourth. Investigators say they're also looking into other unsolved murders to see if he's connected. We've learned his wife also filed for divorce Wednesday. The city is at capacity. That is the message from Mayor Adams regarding asylum seekers. City officials announced new restrictions on how long people can stay in shelters, but many say they have nowhere else to go. Right now, we have no space. So wherever they can wait, they are, they are waiting. We don't want to reach the point, and we won't reach the point, where families and children are living on our streets like you're seeing in other municipalities. I can say you to the Giants. I can say to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my words? You want to show you how much how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I won't play it down. And that's a that's a that's a that's a play I can use. Suck upon somebody on the sidewalk. Carjacking old lady at a red light Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store You think it's cool, act a fool if you like Cuss out a cop, spit in his face Scope on the flag and light it up Yeah, you think it's tough Well, try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road Yeah, try that chisel in a small town. You tell them, Jason Aldean. Play some more of this. Kick him some. Jason Aldean, baby. One more. You know, I've listened to this song now, which I'll play two or three times today. I don't care. To me, this is the biggest story of the day. Getting a little bored of the Rex Uriman stuff and being that everybody here wants to stop talking about a possible cover-up because my dear friend Pete King is all offended. And I love Pete uh, like my own uncle, but I don't care if he's offended because the truth is every time Codesiba comes in here, I believe him more and more. So I'm bored with the rest of these stories, but this Jason Aldean story, well, this one's really got me fired up. 
I listen to this song now about 30 times, and I can't find anything in this song that talks about lynching, that uh, speaks to racism. I can't find any of it. But just so you know, you got to watch the video, too. I did watch the video, and the video, you got the BLM stuff, you've got, you know, the cops. So the video is suggestive in that, in that, yeah, try that in a small town. You remember years ago when in Wisconsin, there was that kid who went out there when they were looting stores and breaking into buildings and setting fires, and the kid went out uh, to this small town, to Aldean's Point in Wisconsin, and he shot a bunch of guys. You remember that? One of those guys turned out to be like a child molester. So, yes, I know what the video is. The video is we're sick and tired of it. We're sick and tired of groups like BLM and and Antifa going into cities across America causing damage. My president is not Joe Biden. My president is Donald J. Trump. And he's going to win again. And he's about to be indicted again, arrested again for the third time for January 6th. And I've said this to a lot of people on this show, and I'll say it again. What happened on January 6th pales in comparison to any given night during the summer of 2020 in any one of our major cities, New York, Atlanta, Chicago, Portland, Seattle, you name it. They set fires. You want to see a real insurrection. In fact, they had to explain this to Geraldo Rivera on Friday, and he didn't argue once. That was not an insurrection by any means, any definition, on January the 6th. There were no weapons. One person was murdered, a white girl who did nothing other than go into the building by a black cop. What happened in those cities, burning down police departments in Minnesota, that was an insurrection. People showed up with weapons. Completely different. Jason Aldean did nothing wrong here. Nothing. He spoke for millions and millions of people like me. When Snoop Dogg, that low-life piece of crap, writes a song which he did just, what, two years ago? Encouraging people to shoot cops. That's okay. Right? People don't go on Twitter then and yell and complain. Snoop Dogg can do that because he's black. Oh, and black people, you know, they can't walk the streets in this country. They can't walk the streets. I had Janaya Butler in here a couple of days ago with a rapper and his son. It was a very good segment. The rapper, very nice guy. His son, 11 years old, adorable. They happened to write a song this time about black-on-black crime. Well, congratulations. It just occurred to these people that thousands of blacks are killed by blacks, many more than whites, every year in this country, specifically in Chicago. And they want me to get that song to the mayor, which I'll try to do. But, oh, my God, congratulations. You figured out, the black community, that you're killing each other. But when Jason Aldean writes a song and says, hey, you're not going to, no, no, not in my town. This ain't going to happen. You're not going to run on the streets and set fires and break windows and loot and put otherwise hardworking, everyday people in jeopardy when they're sitting outside, like on the Upper West Side, just trying to have dinner. Ain't going to happen in my town. Jason O'Dean's a hero. It's a song. My God, it's a song. How many rappers, again, for the millionth time, 
as we get set to celebrate 50 years of hip-hop. Write songs about killing cops and banging chicks. Just the most vile, disgusting lyrics. And I don't care if it's Tupac or Big E or any one of those folks that we love. And I do love some of those guys. But some of those lyrics, that's worthy of what Jason Aldean is going through today. So it took my man, Jesse Waters, and of course I'm on Jesse's show once a month. He's now part of the new Fox lineup, which debuted just Monday. Jesse Waters now in the 8 p.m. slot, which Tucker Carlson used to own. And Jesse Waters talked about this Jason Aldean song last night, and he's going to sound an awful lot like me. Jesse Waters, courtesy of Fox News, Lubafino, cut number 15. All he said is you can't jack an old lady, spit on a cop, or slug a stranger where he's from. doesn't fly. They're not going to let riots, looting, and violence slide in their hometown. It's a song about values that are in every small town in America. A huge part of the country relates to that on every level. But it got yanked off the airwaves. Country Music TV caved and canceled the country song. Paramount, a giant company in a big city, decided you're not allowed to hear about small town values. You're too violent and racist. Did it offend their viewers? No. They listened to a handful of critics who'd never watched their channel instead of millions of customers. Michael Bloomberg funded the country music cancellation. Mike Bloomberg's group, Every Town for Gun Safety, peppered Paramount and CMT with tweets. That's all it took. And they're not done yet. They want to end Aldine's career. Now they're trying to get the Grand old Opry to cancel his shows. The fans aren't going to let that happen. They'll watch Aldine play in a parking lot if they have to. His song just hit number one on iTunes. My friend Susan Brown Otto, who works in the offices up in Bethel, New York, where my mom Naomi lives, she's part of the local politics there. She said part of the Jason Aldine controversy is where the video was filmed. It was filmed at a courthouse where an actual lynching took place. Henry Choate was lynched there. Well, I guess I can see why that would get some people upset. Again, not to the level where Snoop Dogg is out there telling you to go kill cops. What are you reading, Lou? You look horrified. I, I, I don't see any support for him on these, or because the Post is putting these... Is just explaining the tweets Well, this stuff. is New York, buddy. I know. It, it, I know. T- the song is about small towns, right? So... What people forget is we think that this whole country is New York. Californians think this whole country is California. My friend Dana Lesh wrote a book a couple of years ago, and it was entitled Flyover Nation. And she talked about the 40-plus states, the 40-plus states. You know what they do? They listen to country music. You know what their kids do? They serve this country in the Army, the Navy, the Marines. 40-plus states, but this not the be, spoiled brats yeah. that live in this state. But it should, I, I can't, at least country fans, CMA Fest allowing disgusting Jason Aldean to still perform is gross. Uh, that Jason Aldean and this awful song make me want to change the channel. Where it's, it's, it should not be, the song should not be playing anywhere. Somebody, Morons. somebody yeah. put out. Jason Aldean's a disgrace to country they can, music. Listen, they can say whatever they want. His song is number one on I'm, iTunes well, right now. Right. Well, sometimes. It's like people go on Facebook and they kill me too. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Guess what, ass munchers? My show is number one. I don't care. Listen to that now. If it makes you happy, singer Cheryl Crow yeah. tweeted, 
at Aldine calling him out for promoting violence. Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. Okay, she's another one of these liberal morons. Quote, this is not American or small town like. It's just lame. Okay. Crow stated. Sure. Yeah, I guess she's never had any, you know, looting from her business. I guess not. Anything. Or she's living in a. Well, I don't know where well, she's she should living, shut up anyway. Shut up. She had that affair with Lance Armstrong. She didn't care. All of a sudden, Cheryl Crow is the barometer of morality. By the way, she's now suspended from this show. You are not allowed to play any Cheryl That's Crow songs until I say so. That's it. <laughs> she is now suspended. Cheryl wow. Crow. Where is it? Where is the support for that? For right here, sitting friends I, in the morning. I, of course, that I, I just. He's not doing anything that's bad. I don't. Nope. I don't nope. see it. <laughs> just, I don't see it he's either. Actually, doing the right thing. Yes, <laughs> calling out these anarchists, these anti-patriots, these horrible Americans. I, I, the outrage is lost on me. Yeah. I don't understand that. Well, yeah, but, I don't know but, where I'm living. It's a one dollar, according to my friend, the real estate friend Lori in uh, New Jersey. She says it's one dollar and twenty-nine cents to buy Jason Aldean's song right now on iTunes. Quote, everybody should buy it now. She just did. Good. There you have it. Go buy it. Make this song the biggest song ever. Ever. Send a message to Sheryl Crow and all these big cities like ours, which don't represent America, not even close. She's so stupid because... There's other, the BLM leaders are the ones promoting violence. Yes. What a, well, that's what the song, that's what the video shows. What an idiot. Yeah. You hate her now, don't you? I I just, what she (laughs) says is just an uneducated buffoon. Yes. To say something like that. Yeah. Because what is she, has she been watching what's going on in the country the last couple of years? She doesn't know. They don't care. She saw what happened down in lower Manhattan. They don't care. Oh my God. They don't care. Dunce. All these entertainers, Hollywood, people, actors, singers, they're on the other team, bro. They're on BLM's team. Entitled. Yeah, they're not real Americans like Jason Aldean. Wow. (laughs) That's why country music is far and away the best. You don't hear about these these, these lyrics. The Sheryl Crow, has she ever once in her life, Sheryl Crow, gone on social media and criticized Snoop Dogg? No, of course not, because he's a black guy and he can say whatever he wants. Scared. Yeah. Pussy. Wow. Yeah. Not me. They can yank me off the air. I am not going to conform. I'm not going to. Whether it's a controversy in a, in a Long Island murder case, whether it's something like this, I am not here to conform. I'm not going to do it. Yank me off the air. I don't care. I'll be like Saquon Barkley. F the Giants. F the fans. I'll do what I got to do. Did you hear that? You hear I, that, moron? Yeah, he has another, oh, God. another brain surgeon. Yeah, I it's mean, good. Just sit out. Geez. Just don't come back. At this point. You're right. At this point, as a giant fan, I don't even want him to play. Can you imagine him coming back at oh all now? Oh, my God. Yeah. What, what he actually said, my teammates. Yeah. What? Daniel Jones is going to hand him the football. If you missed it, here's the whole cut. This is uh, Saquon Barkley on the Money Matters podcast. Again, he was looking for a long-term deal from the football giants. They franchise tagged him. So just so you know, what that means is if he plays this year for the Giants, who open the season at home Sunday night, September the 10th, hosting the Dallas Cowboys, he gets paid $10 million this year. $10 million. I think a lot of us would would suffer through that. I understand you wanted more money, more years. I get all that. He had a very, very good year last year. But now... He is absolutely contaminated. He's got to go. Saquon Barkley, cut number 13. I have no worry about going on a football field 
and knowing that I'm not playing for my worth or saying if I have to play under because that's this is my leverage. My leverage is I can say F- you to the Giants. I can say F- you to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how much how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I right. won't play it down. And that's a that's a that's a that's a play I can use. Do I? Anybody knows me. Knows that's not something I want to do. But like, it's something that has it something that crossed my mind. It's like I has never, to. I never thought I would ever do that. But like now, I'm at a point where it's like, Jesus, like I, I might have to take it to this level. And like, am I willing? Am I prepared to take it to the level? I don't know. All right, great. So the, uh, am I willing? Am I prepared? I don't know. <laughs> like you said, a real mentor. Right. He really thought this one through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, of course, the biggest news story of the day is this IRS whistleblower, Joseph Ziegler, who was uh, spoke on the Hill yesterday. He's a guy that really, really, uh, uh, I guess, uh, took care of about 95% of the information in these Hunter Biden tax dealings. And he can't, for the life of himself, figure out how this guy is looking at two misdemeanors and not one felony. He can't figure it out. This is IRS whistleblower who's a Democrat. That's the big news here. This guy, Joe Ziegler, is a Democrat. Not that it matters, but a gay Democrat. Here's Joe Ziegler yesterday talking about he's not a hero, but no one should be above the law. Cut number three. Today, I I, I sit here before you not as a hero or or a victim, but as a whistleblower compelled to disclose the truth. That said, in coming forward, I believe I'm risking my career, my reputation, and my casework outside of the investigation we are here to discuss. I ultimately made the decision to come forward after what I believe were multiple attempts at blowing the whistle in the Internal Revenue Service, at the Internal Revenue Service. No one should be above the law, regardless of your political affiliation. I humbly view my role here today as providing the facts as I best understood them and to let Congress and the administration and the public consider those facts and determine the best path forward. I recognize why I was present at the start of this investigation and was closely involved with the investigation for roughly five years. I'm just a part of the story. Others, including my colleague and supervisor Gary Shapley, who is here with me today, have their own views and understandings of what took place during this investigation. No, that's Joe Ziegler. We've got a lot more in Gary Shapley as well. And a huge guest list on this Thursday morning, as we ordinarily do, starting at 645 with Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. She was there for the president of Israel Herzog's speech yesterday. You want to talk about people who should be taking a beating on Twitter today? How about AOC? How about Talib and Omar and Bowman and Bush? Not Jason Aldean. Curtis Sliwa. Joseph Tacopina, Monica Crowley, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and the former CBS president, uh, radio president, Dan Mason. All those great folks stopping by today. This is the great American Jason Aldean. I am the great American Sid Rosenberg, and you're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go!
1037 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Great song, Chris Cornell. My friend Lynn checks in, says, best opening ever. I thank God for you every day, <laughs> Lynn. So today happens to be Chris Cornell's birthday. This uh, song, I Am the Highway, a great song, is when he was a lead singer of, was it Audio Slave? But he was also, of course, the lead singer of Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun, all those songs. And I maintain he's got one of the best rock and roll voices ever he's dead now he killed himself and if you remember the story he killed himself he was absolutely best friends with the lead singer of lincoln park and after cornell killed himself not long after that the lead singer of lincoln park killed himself and said that he did it because he couldn't go on knowing that his friend chris cornell was dead so both of those guys killed themselves probably in less than a year, and Cornell, who had had an issue with heroin, other drugs, it was a shocker. His wife, I know, was a mess. But you would agree, Lou, he's got one of the great rock and roll voices ever. Yeah, he's amazing. Voice. Amazing. He's an amazing voice. Yeah. And he's my age. Is that right? Yeah, he was born the same year as me. Uh, well, he's got to be dead, what, five years now? Uh, 2017. Yeah, going on six years, yeah. That's a shame. He was a great, great talent. So we've got a huge guest list coming up today. We'll talk about Jason Aldean all day long today. We will revisit what's going on with this Gilgo Beach murder. There's uh, some new revelations with that. I did uh, bring home the couplings I received, which I got many, many weeks ago. I guess somebody from Keyshawn Soul's office dropped them off with my friend George V upstairs, former FBI guy, one of the few good ones. My God, are they a mess. He can talk till he's blue in the face. The FBI is an absolute joke. Joke. On the heels of them telling Hunter Biden, don't say a word in this probe, don't say a word. I mean, my God, how much more information do you need? I know you worked for him. I know. I get it. And you're a good guy. I get that, too. Great guy. Great American. And I know you feel like you have to defend everybody, but come on. Stop. There's a lot of bad folks in the FBI. There's a lot of bad cops. No one loves cops more than me. Nobody. Some of those cops in Suffolk County, they're not good guys. 
They're not. You know, there are cops right now as we speak that just took somebody's drugs. They're going to deal it. Or just picked up a hooker and they're going to have sex with her. Don't give me this nonsense that certain people are above criticism. I can't stand that. Nobody's more pro-cop than me. Nobody. But there's a lot going on in today's day and age that is really head-scratching, if not evil, from folks we're supposed to trust. And that's your bottom line right there. Your bottom line. So Keyshawn Sewell, the former police commissioner, somebody dropped off with George these gorgeous, and I mean gorgeous, official cufflinks, gold and black and the whole insignia, the whole deal. And I brought them home yesterday, and ironically, not long after, I put away the couplings from Sewell. I got a really nice text from the new police commissioner, Eddie Caban. In fact, I'll read it to you. And uh, we all love Eddie Caban on this station, on this show. We all love him. What did he send me last night? He said, Sid, thank you so much. Thank you for the kind words. Truly appreciated, Eddie. So there he is, the new police commissioner. I spoke to Mayor Eric Adams a couple times yesterday, too. We're having good conversations about moving forward. So the city, the city still remains my love, and the city still remains important to me. And if I can help, if I can help, if, in fact, they ask me for help, then I'm all too willing to do it. If that makes me a bad guy, fine. I'm a, I can live with that. I'm a bad guy. So Nicole Maliotakis is going to hop on in about 10 minutes. And she was there yesterday for the Israeli President Isaac Herzog's speech. And he talked about a stronger Israel and the relationship. He lied. Sorry, Mr. Herzog. At one point, he actually complimented Joe Biden. Joe Biden couldn't give a rat's ass about the Israelis, not even a little. But I guess Herzog felt like he had to say something nice about Biden. I don't know why. I don't know why, but he did. Anyway, this is uh, Isaac Herzog, the Israeli president yesterday. Of course, AOC wasn't there, big anti-Semite. Talib wasn't there, big anti-Semite. Who's the other one? Uh, Omar, um, what is her name? Uh, Ilan Omar. She wasn't there, big anti-Semite. Bush wasn't there, big anti-Semite. Jamal Bowman wasn't there, big anti-Semite. Lots of the folks that you love in this city that you vote for were not there because they're all big anti-Semites, racists and anti-Semites. Here's Israeli President Isaac Herzog yesterday talking to Congress. Cut number 10. Mr. Speaker, we are proud to be the United States' closest partner and friend. We are grateful to the United States for the necessary means You have provided us to keep our qualitative military edge and to enable us to defend ourselves by ourselves. This reflects your ongoing commitment to Israel's security. We are also tremendously proud that ours is a two-way alliance. When the United States is strong, Israel is stronger. And when Israel is strong, the United States is more secure. My deep yearning, Mr. Speaker, is for Israel to one day make peace with our Palestinian neighbors. Over the years, 
Israel has taken bold steps towards peace and made far-reaching proposals to our Palestinian neighbors. However, true peace cannot be anchored in violence. You know, Noam, I think I actually heard you maybe early this morning refer to a place called Palestine. That doesn't exist. Israel is all that exists. And Israel allows, listen to me carefully, they allow, as you know, your dad lives there, Palestinians to live there. There is no place in the world called Palestine. Well. No, no, well, there is no place called Palestine. That's it. All right. It's Israel, and the Palestinians live there. Where the hell is Palestine? It's a, it's right next to Israel. No, it's not. There's no <laughs> such place. This does not exist. But thank you, anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Traffic is uh, coming in up next with Joan Nolan and Nicole Maliotakis. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from Lou Rapino's favorite guy and favorite show. Palestine is on the minds of so many, yet Sid Rosenberg has proclaimed it does not exist. Here, Dominic Carter talks about the NYPD. Sometimes you just want to see a person succeed. It can be in sports. It can be in politics. It can be anything. Sometimes you just naturally root for them. That's the case with the new police commissioner, Edward Caban. It's just something about the guy where I want to see him succeed. If he does well, Let's face it, it benefits each and every one of us. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Mets get a little momentum going here in the form of a three-game winning streak after last night's 5-1 to win at home over the Chicago White Sox. Uh, they'll try and complete the three-game sweep in this afternoon's finale with Chicago. Set for a 1-10 p.m. first pitch, Jose Quintana will take the hill against Chicago's Michael Kopech in that one. Now for the Yankees, they continue to uh, just produce an inferior on-field product here, getting swept by the Angels in Anaheim after their 7-3 loss in the finale last night. They get a very undeserved day off today before coming home and opening up a three-game set with the KC Royals starting tomorrow night at the stadium. And the New York Football Giants running back Saquon Barkley said on the Money Matters podcast that he has considered not playing for the G-Men this season amid his stalemate with the team over a long-term contract. Here's part of what Barkley had to say. I've said f*** you to the Giants. I've said f*** to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my words? You want to show you how much, how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I won't play it down. And that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a play I can use. Clearly an animated Barkley there, unsure as to what he's going to do. The Giants and Barkley did not agree to a deal before Monday's deadline, meaning the star running back has to play under or the upcoming season under the franchise tender if he does play, or like he said, he will sit out. And finally, the Women's World Cup is already underway, kicking off with New Zealand and Norway earlier this morning. Team USA gets their title defense underway tomorrow night at 9 p.m. against Vietnam. Here was sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTechless.com, find a dealer near you, the world's best-built boilers, and I'm 
Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oy. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. <laughs> No, I got to tell you, this Jason Aldean thing is really starting to piss me off even more now. No, you, you, you're not going to get calmer because you're just going to keep remembering examples no, of hypocrisy everywhere. I mean, it is, it's everywhere. We're only two years removed from everybody's favorite sport, football, from Roger Goodell, who's a, well, he's just a horrible person, my God. He's a great uh, commissioner. He makes a lot of money for the owners. That's why he gets paid $50 million plus, but... He's a horrible person. And we're only two years removed. You know, he hired Jay-Z, you know, to do the halftime shows. And the halftime show two years ago was Snoop Dogg. And this wasn't 20 years ago, folks. Recently, in the past few years, Snoop Dogg wrote a song where he talked about shooting cops. Eminem, who took a knee. He took a knee at the end of the halftime show. Some other guy, I don't know, Heavy D, whatever this stupid, Dr. Dre, whatever their stupid names are. All these cop-hating, anti-American victims, the halftime show at the Super Bowl, and you know what I read? Oh, this was great. Oh, this was, not me. I went on Twitter. I went on Facebook. I said, this is repulsive. These guys talk about shooting cops. Because they, they smoke weed with Who's that stupid fat actor that Stern loves? He was in uh, that movie um, where he got the girl pregnant. I mean, he's a funny guy, Seth Rogen, thank you. Because they smoke weed with Seth Rogen. That makes it okay. That makes him cool. These are really bad people. They write about really bad stuff. They encourage people to do horrible things. To talk about violence. Yes. <laughs> Everybody. To oh, that was one of the best halftime shows ever. Jason Aldean writes a song. About how this ain't going to happen in my town. You're not going to spit on cops in my town. You're not going to beat up old ladies in my town. Throw Molotov cocktails. Yeah, and he's getting vilified by everybody. Yeah, even that douchebag Cheryl Crow. That's it's insane. That whore Cheryl Crow. Just... Banging Lance Armstrong when he was married. She's all of a sudden the barometer of what's right, the moral aptitude, what goes on in this country. Cheryl Crow. You break. <laughs> Just a dunce. She's a dunce. Yeah. So yesterday was a big day again. The president of Israel, Herzog, was here, and uh, he made a speech that, for the most part, Isaac Herzog, I enjoyed. I could have done without him thanking Joe Biden and complimenting Joe Biden on doing a very good job, because we know, of course, that's not true. That dating back to Obama, that Bibi Netanyahu, who I happen to like, and the Israelis can't stand those two guys. They like the guy who served in the middle. A Republican named Donald Trump, not Obama, not Biden. So that part of Herzog's speech yesterday literally made me nauseous. Otherwise, I guess it was pretty good. You know, I'm also not big into the whole find a way to appease the Palestinians. You know, the more I think about it, I'm not really a big fan of his speech. (laughs) But Nicole Maliotakis, I guess, was given the honor. I think McCarthy asked her to uh, welcome him in to the chamber. She was there yesterday. So here she is, the great Congresswoman, Nicole Maliotakis. Nicole, good morning. How are you? 
Good morning, Sid. How are you? I'm a little wild up this morning, obviously. Can you tell? Well, well, what happened? I'm riled up. I'm upset about the whole Jason Aldean oh. thing. Do you care? Not, not as much, um, but, you know, I, I try to catch up. You know, yesterday, last night, we were voting on 20, 20 different amendments. We have the yeah. federal uh, aviation authorization, and so we were in the chamber very late. But you know what the very uh, first bill we voted for yesterday? The very first bill we voted for was to prevent, to ban schools from being used as migrant shelters, which Eric Adams has done, and he is still proposing. In fact, Newdorp High School, my alma mater on Staten Island, he's saying he wanted to use it for the summer to house migrants. And so we passed a bill yesterday to prohibit schools and universities, public schools and universities, from being used as shelters. Hopefully Schumer will do something on his side, and he should pass our Border Security Act as well. Oh, that's a good job. So that was last night, but before that, again, you were at the speech, and I know you just heard me voice a couple of things I wasn't thrilled about. Again, complimenting Joe Biden, going out of his way, Herzog, to compliment Joe Biden, and, you know, the constant talk about appeasing Palestinians. I do understand that there's got to be peace between Israelis and Palestinians. I get all that. But uh, it's not the Israelis that start all these issues. It's just not. So anyway, what are your thoughts on his speech yesterday? Did you enjoy it? I did. I actually thought it was a great speech. It was one of the best. Um, this is probably the fourth um, speech from a, a leader of another country in Congress since I've been there. And I thought that this was uh, one of the best. I think he really. Well, you, you think wait, he, he actually thanked Joe Biden? Well, he thanked, you know, what was odd. And I actually I kind of commented uh, under my breath on that one because I kind of said, gee, Yes, he he did appoint a group to do a anti-Semitism uh, uh, task force here, but but he actually appointed the group that is res- one of the groups that actually is responsible for a lot of anti-Semitism, and that is uh, Care to be like a leader in that effort. So I thought that was kind of odd. Um, that I think you're being that, nice look, I think when you say kind of odd. I, I think you're being nice when yeah. you say kind of odd. I thought it was awful. And to me, well, that kind of disqualified the whole speech. You don't thank Joe Biden. This guy is part of the problem. I mean, I had Lee Zeldin on this week. I had Dove Hyken on this week, Nicole. He's in Jerusalem as we speak. And he's telling me that the people on the streets of Israel are sick and tired of Joe Biden sticking his face in Israeli politics. Well, one of the one of the parts of my statement after the speech that I issued was uh, the fact that Joe Biden is insisting on reentering the Iran deal, lifting sanctions on Iran. And I thought it was very important that uh, President Herzog actually addressed that yesterday, that, that you know, we can never allow uh, Iran to have nuclear uh, weapons, that he's obviously not going to be using them for peace. He does, that's not his goal. Um, and, and, and making that clear uh, during his visit. I think the other important point, though, that he made, which I thought was very gutsy and I thought was important and needed to be said, was to acknowledge uh, the fact that uh, these individuals, these members of Congress who boycotted his speech, who, you know, they, they don't want Israel to exist. And he called them out for that, and he called it anti-Semitism. Uh, and he called it what it is. And so uh, I thought that was very good that he were, was able to do that. And actually one of the biggest applause lines was him calling out those members. Uh, and it's unfortunate that we have members of Congress who speak the way they do, anti-Israel, anti-Semitism, anti-United States, right? It was one of the reasons why I said Ilan Omar needs to be off the Foreign Affairs Committee. How do we have somebody on this committee 
who bashes our own country and blames our country for what's occurring in Venezuela, all right, instead of the communism uh, and socialism of Hugo Chavez and Nicolas Maduro. So um, I I thought that was very bold of him to do that. It was the right thing to do, and it really, I think it went over very well with the members of Congress. But I heard him say Congress. Did he actually name these people? Did he name and shame AOC and Omar and Talib and Bush and Bowman and all these racists and anti-Semites? I didn't hear him do that. Did he do that? No, he didn't name them. But what's oh, interesting is, like, you wonder what. But this is the thing: you wonder whether he didn't name them. Why bring more attention to these clowns? You know what I mean? Like, why, I why give them more attention? Uh, we know who they are. I think. I think. You know. I think it's. It's, it, and now, the, and unfortunately, the number's growing, right? Before it was yeah, just but, but like here's the thing. So, so, so we know, see, I love you to pieces, but I didn't enjoy the speech nearly as much as you. That's obvious. Because, again, complimenting Biden, who wants to bring back the Iran deal, all Iran wants to do every morning is destroy Israel. That was grotesque. He didn't name these people by name. You know who they are. I know who they are. But 99% of folks walking the streets, they don't watch Fox News. They don't listen to me every morning. They don't know. So every opportunity well, we've got. I don't think got, they watch the speeches. I don't think they watch C-SPAN either. <laughs> no, I know. So every opportunity we've got to name these people in high-profile situations, it's kind of like Eric Adams, right? The mayor goes, even yesterday, he did it again. The migrant crisis falls on the state and the federal government. What if he said it falls on Kathy Hochul and Joe Biden? That would go a lot further. Same thing with the speech. Call these people out by name. Look, you got a point, but I don't think these people are watching. Um, uh, 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 many Americans are watching C-SPAN either. I mean, especially during the work day when they're going about their business. But it's, what's important is that you and I are calling them out, and you know, on Fox News and other other stations, they're calling them out, uh, and that's what people need to know. They know they know that the squad is is growing, unfortunately, in Congress. Uh, and, and, and unfortunately, two of them are right here in New York, right? We got, and we should call them out right now: Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. And Jamal Bowman uh, are two of those individuals who boycotted the speech. Uh, and New Yorkers should know that. They should know that these individuals are among the groups that don't want to acknowledge um, Israel. Uh, they don't want Israel to exist. And they've made terrible comments. I mean, AOC was the one who actually went to the southern border and compared conditions at the southern border to concentration camps. I mean, that, what a horrible, awful statement. Um, and and delusional, right? She's just um, one of the more ridiculous members that we have, unfortunately, in the New York City delegation. All right, so we're going to agree to disagree. <clears throat> you thought it was a great speech. I thought it was weak. I thought it was actually very weak. Uh, let's get to the uh, the new police commissioner, and that is uh, Eddie Caban. I saw this, or Caban, I saw this on your Instagram. I thought it was very cool, Nicole. NYPD Honor Legion presents 2023 scholarship dinner the man of the year, at the time he was not the commissioner, Eddie Caban, and the citizen of the year, Nicole Maliotakis. Tell us about this one. Oh, what a great honor. The, you know, the rank and file, the men and women uh, of this great organization, the NYPD, um, just selected me to be citizen of the year, which was a great honor. And, and at the end of the day, that's what I am. I'm a citizen, concerned citizen. I may be a member of Congress, but I'm a concerned citizen who wants to see public safety in New York once again. Um, and since being in Congress, I've been able to deliver millions of dollars to the NYPD. They're getting some new vehicles. Uh, they've gotten new dogs for their canine units, so important as part of their anti-terrorism, uh, protect, protective equipment, um, you know, different, different things that they need, forensic equipment to do their job, 
and um, I'm doing it again this year. We're, we're earmarking money. I was the only member from New York City to earmark money for the NYPD. This year, actually, I've got the help of Grace Meng, a Democrat from Queens, who joined me uh, in, in, in putting together some money for the NYPD, and we're, we're trying to push that through uh, as well to give them the tools they need to do their job. But Eddie Kabam was honored that night with me, and it, it's great that, you know, he's being named commissioner. And I, I see my view is, the commissioner matters, right? Leadership does matter, but they need the tools to do their job, right? If you have a good commissioner and his hands are tied, whether it's by the mayor or whether it be by laws put in place by the city council or the state legislature, it's going to be difficult. So hopefully he'll have the ability to be able to do his job. Uh, the mayor will entrust him to to be able to uh, lead the men and women in blue and, and direct them to be able to do things. Because remember, their, their hands have been tied, right? They're, yeah. they're not allowed to cooperate yeah. with yeah. Federal immigration authorities, you know, they're, they're, they can't use certain tactics anymore. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's really hard. And when they make an arrest, and this is something I liked about the previous commissioner and the mayor, quite frankly, right? He has been vocal against the bail law and the need to fix it. Uh, and that's a good thing. We need a, a leader who's going to continue to do that. I was disappointed when, when the mayor chose to endorse Governor Kathy Hochul, without a commitment that she would make significant changes or repeal altogether that bail law. He shouldn't have done that. And that's the thing with Mayor Adams, right? He says the right thing, but then he doesn't use his power and leverage as a mayor to push him through. And he had influence there at that time uh, with the governor to make some serious changes. So hopefully we'll, you know, continue to uh, to chip away. But we need more. We need more cops. OK, in southern Brooklyn. We've seen a number of crimes, disturbing crimes. Staten Island, too, crime is increasing. We need more patrol cars. And they're taking patrols from, you know, my, my district, for example, and moving them to areas that could be maybe considered more high-crime areas, but they're leaving my community vulnerable. And so we, we shouldn't be just taking and shifting these police officers. We need to increase the number. They are at a low number right now. They need more cops. They need more detectives. Um, and, and let's hire more, right? But the mayor's spending a billion dollars a year on, on you know, migrants instead of actually increasing yeah. yep. the ranks of the NYPD. 60 seconds to go. You mentioned Staten Island, and I know that the ferry workers really need, uh, as you point out, a reasonable contract. A bunch of people got screwed trying to get into Manhattan from Staten Island just a couple of days ago. What is the latest with that? Look, what's right is right, okay? These ferry workers, the captains, the mariners, the engineers, they've been working without a contract for 13 years for over three administrations, and they deserve to have a contract, and they need it, by the way, because they're severely underpaid uh, uh, compared to the private sector, and they're leaving a lot of these members to go to the private sector. And so, you know, the other night, there was just two two guys called out sick, and it basically, you know, crippled the overnight service of the Staten Island Ferry. That's the, that's the point where it is right now. So it's critical that the mayor, city of New York, that they strike a deal with this union to, to you know, increase their pay, increase some of the benefits so they can be more, more, more attractive to these skilled workers. It's important for safety. It's important for service reliability. We need to provide a reliable service on Staten Island, uh, between Staten Island and Manhattan on this ferry. And the only way we're going to do it is if we can retain these skilled workers uh, and don't keep losing them to the private sector, which pays so much more. Um, and so I'm hoping that they're, they're, they're actually, I think, at a, at a critical point right now. I think they can steal a deal. They're very close from what I understand, speaking with both parties. Um, I hope they do it because we need to do it. 
uh, both for the workers and for the communities that rely on this service. What a great job. Up late last night, uh, taking care of all those bills, Nicole. You got up extra early for me this morning. Good for you, Jim. Yes. And you had a I'm home ready run. A second cup of coffee, ready to go. <laughs> well, great job, Nicole. You were terrific this morning. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Thank you. Great to be with you, Sid. Thank you. That is the awesome Congresswoman, my friend Nicole Maliotakis. Get us going. We've got a huge seven o'clock hour coming your way. As always, Curtis Sliwa will get Bill O'Reilly's morning message, and my dear friend of forty-six years, one of President Trump's attorneys, the most famous defense attorney in the country, Joseph Tacopi. Keep it right here. Hour two of the Thursday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning about to come your way. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. City. We'll get to why we're playing Atlantic City in a moment. Of course, we're about to talk to the icon, the legend, gets huge ratings, noon to one every weekday afternoon, overnights all weekend long, does his best work right here every weekday, and that is my friend Curtis Sliwa. But I was just talking to Cole Maliotakis about how much, more I think about it, I really didn't enjoy that Herzog speech at all. Again, horrible. I mean, come on, complimenting Joe Biden. Biden is trying to do a deal with Iran. They wake up every morning trying to figure out a new way to destroy Israel. How do you thank Joe Biden? And then he doesn't call out one congressperson by name, not one. So in all, I thought it was a pretty wuss speech by Herzog. Can you imagine uh, Bibi giving a a speech there? I mean, first of all, he is so Americanized, Bibi, right? I know. Because he spent so much time here. This guy, Herzog, oh, my God. It was terrible. It was terrible. It sounded like he had constipation, too, <laughs> yeah, if you know this. Going out of his way to worry about the Palestinians. Oh, I mean, get give out me a break. But anyway, that does bring us to the anti-Semite argument. And there's somebody in the news today, one of the real greats. You talk about greats. One of the real greats of all time in Major League Baseball embroiled Curtis Sliwa. In quite a controversy. Oh, yes. You remember Johnny Bench and the Big Red Machine in the 70s? They just dominated. By the way, they're the reason why Reggie Jackson went to the Yankees. Because after the Reds swept the Yankees in the 1976 World Series, George Steinbrenner said, we need to get better fast. He signed Reggie that offseason, and the Yankees and Reggie Jackson beat the Dodgers in the following World Series. So you can thank... Joe Morgan, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, George Foster, all those guys for Reggie Jackson becoming a Yankee. 1977. Yes. Uh, Gabe Paul was involved in all of that because he had been the general manager for the Cincinnati Reds, who had to be called the Red Legs in the 50s because, remember, it was the Cold War against communism. Cincinnati Reds. Anyway, Gabe Paul was great. He then became, remember, the managing partner with George Steinbrenner in Cleveland as they saved the Yankees from Burke and CBS. Oh, that was a disaster. 
And he could have been the commissioner of baseball. Gabe Paul was denied that opportunity. Why? Because he was Jewish. And yet he was a great partner with uh, George Steinbrenner. They didn't always agree. Uh, at times, they, they disagreed. He did not believe that Billy Martin should be the manager of the Yankees. And as you know, George had a fascination with Billy Martin. Three fire, times? Higher, fire, yeah. higher, <laughs> higher, fire, <laughs> higher. <laughs> but it was great to know that Gabe Paul was so involved in Major League Baseball for so many years. So they had an, uh, they honored him at Red Stadium in Cincinnati and they brought out all the greats. Pete Rose, who should be in the Hall of Fame, right? So he's telling a story in front of Gabe Paul's family and there's hundreds of fans and there's former Reds there, especially from the Big Red Machine. And he goes, you know, Gabe Paul spotted me because Pete Rose grew up in Cincinnati, paid me $400 a month out of high school to pay for the, uh, to play for the Reds. And then all of a sudden from the crowd, somebody said, that's cheap. And then Johnny Bench, he's met 73, said, yeah, he was Jewish. Oh. And everybody laughed. <laughs> oh. But is that really anti-Semitic? Well, I mean, I've heard the cheap Jew jokes forever. Now, I say it about myself, but I can do that. It's kind of like Chris Rock saying the N-word. But, yeah, if you're going to call a Jew cheap, it's it's close. All right, it's close. It's the third rail. But wait sure. a second. There are three iconic figures from Oklahoma we must always give a pardon to. Mickey Mantle, right? Fair enough. Bobby Mercer, who was supposed to be the next Mickey Mantle. Fair enough. Obviously, in this case, Johnny Bench. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jim Thorpe. We, I, I, we, listen, we got to give Jim Thorpe. I don't care. I, I don't get offended, right. so I don't but care. But he apologized. He threw himself on the sword. In fact, Gabe Paul's family said, whoa, Johnny, you've been so great. You were always there for yeah. us. Look, we all make mistakes, right? Yes. You would not label him an anti-Semite, No, right? I would not, no. Well, it's uh, kind of like when I made the joke. Which I've apologized for, yes. which I I was fired for. I did suffer repercussions, and I've even stated I'm remorseful about it in both of my books. When I made the jokes about Venus and Serena Williams, 2001 on Don Imus. Yeah, but can I? I'm say not something? a racist. Can I say something? You were goaded into that. You were the pit bull. Of course, they gave you gunpowder in your alpo. Well, what people don't know is Imus would have, and Lou knows this, and so did Bernard, God rest his soul. He'd have this move where he would take his thumb and his middle finger, and he'd rub them together underneath the desk because we were on television, MSNBC. He didn't want the audience to see it. And if I would start something like that, he'd rub his fingers together basically to say, keep going, keep going. Now, again, I brought it up. It was him and Bud Collins. It was a feeble attempt at a joke. It was offensive. It was racist. I was fired, but I am not a racist. I doubt Johnny no, Bench is an anti-Semite. Look, you came yeah. into the heart of Brownsville, East <laughs> New York with me. We yes, were surrounded by the brothers. And you were so comfortable. But then again, you had roamed those streets yes. years before looking to score drugs. I did. Pitkin and Pine was and my favorite way, spot. you came across a lot of crooked <laughs> cops there from the 7-3 and 7-5. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I got aggravated yesterday. Look, you've been giving me a lot of information about yeah. this story on Long Island. Okay. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to use my audience as a survey. Very anecdotal. But I get a lot of messages every day, a lot, between Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg, Twitter. And when I tell you that 99.999% of my audience buys what you've been saying on this show, and I love Peter King as much as I love you, I do. Nobody in my audience believes Peter King. Nobody in my audience believes George V. They all believe you. And I'm going to be honest. The more we talk about this, I remain very cynical 
that what that side is telling us on Long Island is true. But what pisses me off yes. is because you brought all this stuff out there, may or may not be true, but certainly believable. I mean, you want to defend a cop who went to prison, stop it. Now people are saying Curtis Sleva is anti-cop. People in Suffolk County, that is ridiculous. Well, more ridiculous is when I was running against Eric Adams, who worshipped Farrakhan in the 90s, they released ads against me claiming I was anti-Semitic. You see, this is always the case. If all of a sudden you side against somebody, you're anti-cop, you're anti-Semitic, you're anti-black. I'm used to the territory. But don't tell me that all cops are good. Don't tell me the FBI is good. J. Edgar Hoover was dressing up in dresses. He was at the rectory uh, at St. Patrick's Cathedral with Cardinal Spellman, and they were running around like drag queens. You don't got all the way back to J. Edgar Hoover, Jim Comey, lowlife, oh, traitor, right through it. Lisa Page and Stroke having sex. On the text, flat out, here's our insurance policy. But, but let me say this. This loser, Christopher Ray. I mean, give me a let break. Me, let me say this. These are two men of honor, George V. and uh, Peter okay. King. Of course. Two men of honor. They fought the good fight. Look, they're protective of cops. You and I, we come from a different place. We've seen crooked cops, okay? So maybe the truth is somewhere in between. But the point is, I still view them as total men of honor. But we must defend another man of honor. I'm hearing it. I got a few calls last night. I couldn't believe this. Some people are trying to call our friend, Geraldo Rivera. He was just on this show with me for a great 20-minute conversation, literally last Friday. That's right. J- uh, Jamie, uh, Jimmy Rivers, right? <laughs> yeah. Jerry Rivers. Jerry. Born a Jew. An Ashkenazi mother, Lillian Friedman. I went to her funeral and wake in West Babylon. I got to tell you, uh, Geraldo was so grateful to see me and the Guardian Angels because he was so helpful to the Guardian Angels along with his uh, brother, Craig. But I learned the whole background. Lillian Friedman. In fact, Rivera is common among Sephardic Jews. Remember I said, how come RFK Jr. decided to say, oh, Sephardic Jews were not part of that, that <laughs> Kabbalah? He's dead on arrival now. But there is this tide now because you know how Geraldo Rivera is. He's not anti-Jewish. He's made some comments at times. He defended one time Congressman Rashida uh, Talibi. Uh, obviously, I didn't side with him on that. But this guy is anything but yeah. an anti-Jew. I know, but, but, but to be honest, if he did defend Talib, I didn't know this. I'm not going to say he's an anti-Semite, but I will call his judgment into question because there is no way in a million right, right, years you, you don't brand you can the defend. guy right you don't brand the guy well look i'm not into the whole cancel thing anyway i'm just not or branding somebody like i said i had a couple of very unfortunate comments over the years with imus i was branded none of it is true but but you defend talib you deserve to be questioned if i'm if sorry this turns out to be true you join me in solidarity to uh, defend of Geraldo course Rivera. i love Geraldo. Okay. now let's get to the thing about i'm anti-cop right <laughs> I've gone to jail protesting anti-cop art. I know. I was at the memorial for the seamen and soldiers at Grand Army Plaza when the parks commissioner allowed a guy to go inside and do cop-killing art. I didn't see anybody else get arrested with of me. Of course not. 
please. So, before we wrap this great yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. up, you're the last person who's anti. You're the last person anti anything in this town. Yeah. I was there on the subway. I was there going down to the worst areas in Brooklyn when you went into Penn Station and literally every person that loved you, kissed you, and embraced you was a black person. Cops stopped and shook your hands. It is ridiculous. If somebody in Suffolk County is a little butthurt because maybe, maybe some of this is true, grow up and get over it. Now, by the way, tell your friend Eric Adams, uh, no reparations for black people. Oh, listen, I'm open. He started that, 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 with that, this, uh, He started that. Crap. That makes me nauseous, and I have told him that. And when he comes back on this show again, which will be soon, believe me, I will well, rip him for even bringing real that up. Real quick, uh, at the rip and read, twelve o'clock today. Now that they realize that architect Rex may have been involved in other killings of prostitutes. I'm going to tell you about the one I was involved in in Atlantic City. Oh, that's, why we, played the, that's why we played the Bruce Springsteen Atlantic City song at the top of this. Right. Uh, 2006, yes. in fact, Kimberly Raffo, I got personally involved, was from Canarsie. She was a waitress uh, at the Trump Taj Mahal, developed a crack cocaine problem, became a hooker, and then along with three others were killed in a similar manner unresolved. I made a beef about it then. I'm going to make a beef about it now that they've opened up all these unsolved cases. Well, did you say back then that you thought maybe the same person was responsible for Long Island and Atlantic City? I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the only one. Because I was involved in that investigation in Atlantic City. I was not involved in the investigation out in uh, Suffolk County. Well, there you have it, folks. Curtis Sliwa, this is why noon to one every day. You cannot miss that show. And of course... Every weekend, the overnights, and make sure you're here, 7, 10 a.m. every weekday morning, another Grand Slam home run. My man, Curtis, thank you so much. Great job, Curtis Sliwa. A lot more to do this morning. Bill O'Reilly's morning message and famed defense attorney Joseph Takapina, both coming up this hour before the big band Bill O'Reilly, Bo Dito, and more. Keep it right here Thursday morning with Sid Rosenberg. That's a fact But maybe everything that dies Someday comes back 77 WABC This is Sit in Friends in the Morning No, I get by with a little help from my friends
Great song here, Policy of Truth by Depeche Mode, talking about Pete King, his son Sean, loves this group like we do, though. Sean King. Policy of Truth by Depeche Mode, and like Curtis said, he's probably right. The truth is, most of the time, somewhere in the middle. Everybody yells and screams, oh, no, no way, never. <laughs> Not never. The truth is usually somewhere in the middle. And I'm still trying to find the truth when it comes to this Rex Uriman creep and the FBI and Suffolk County and all the nonsense that went on over the last 12 years before Ray Tierney and Rodney Harrison cracked this case, which, more you think about it, the lapidated house, the car that was there 13 years ago, parked in front of this house in Massapequa Park every day, even when he gave the old car to his brother, he got the same car. Got to make you think, no, folks? What the hell were they doing all this time? Got to make you think. Policy of truth. Here's more truth for you. And there's no debating this. There's none. If you're an adult, no, listen carefully. If you're an adult and you are dressing up at a party, (laughs) at an event, if you're an adult and you're dressing up like Barbie, <laughs> you're a moron. Yeah. And I've seen these real housewives of New Jersey on Instagram all barbied out. Listen to me again. If you're an adult and you're dressing up now, it's bad enough I got guys, guys on the ferry every day going back to Rockaway dressed as Barbie. That's bad enough. And I'm liberal. I don't care. You're gay. You're, I don't care what you do. That's bad enough. But if you're an adult... And you're dressed as Barbie. You're a moron. <laughs> That's help. it. You need help. You need a lot of help. <laughs> it I, is amazing. Nobody, I love Margot Robbie. She is about a most beautiful woman as you'll ever see. Right there with my wife, Danielle. It's Danielle one, Margot Robbie two. Just in case Danielle's listening. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> one but, one a. But you look at this movie, Ryan Reynolds. I mean, it looks absolutely. Awful, and I know a hundred million are going to show up to see it, but I can't imagine any straight people are going, are they? Uh, well, you know, it's probably a lot of dads taking their daughters. That's going to be a yeah. big part of the. What box do you mean, office. daughters? It's two thousand twenty-three. Their sons. Okay, I guess we don't even know anymore. I've, I've got a nephew right now. I'm not going to mention his name. A great nephew right. who thinks he's a daughter. Oh, how old is he? Doesn't matter. Oh. Six. <laughs> Wait, he's six. It does, it does don't get matter. me started. Don't even get me started. <laughs> That, he's going to want to dress up as Barbie. What the hell's going on with this? Right. Imagine what the openings are going to look like this weekend in front of the theaters. Oh, it's going to be They're a freak show. <laughs> an absolute freak show. <laughs> Adults and kids and girls and guys all dressed as Barbie. Pick L.A. and New York City and see and Then you want to know why the terrorists want us dead, right? <laughs> then you want to know why. <laughs> I used to think it was the Jonas Brothers. Now it's Barbie. <laughs> it's always somebody. Barbie, <laughs> I mean, how embarrassing. You know who's going to love this movie is the uh, the Japanese. They like stuff like this. Yeah. It's going to do great in Japan. It'll do great all over the world, actually. But um, I, I saw a, a coming attractions last night, a commercial. Horrendous. And I thought, and I thought that's it? Yeah, that's it. You then, see Margot Robbie driving around in a pink car. But, they're, but they, they're, go, they're just saying hi to each other. Like, hi, Ken. Hi, yeah. Barbie. Hi, Ken. Yeah. Hi, Barbie. Yeah. Hi, Ken. Like <laughs> right. four different 
all of the good actors and actresses they have in it, and when they have names, they've got a great cast. Yes, they have big names. Yeah. that is probably the saving grace they have. I guess that's well. What not only that, see. but it's it's the last movie that's ever going to come out. <laughs> right, because that's right. Of the, right now they're no. actually taking Barbie with Oppenheimer, and they're making it a double feature because. Because of the strike, there's no more movies. It'll be a trivia question, actually, in a couple of years. What yeah, was the last movie it will be. right before? But it's you You have to think, what else is in the movie? If this is what they're showing in the commercial, this is it. Right. then it's got to get it's gotta no, that's be it. much worse. <laughs> it's got much worse, because right. Because the good stuff has got to yes. be in the coming attraction. Well, <laughs> um, I will tell you that the good news is, as far as I know, the movie Amin and Bo Deedle, Inside Man... Originally titled Gemini Lounge is still coming out Friday, August 11th. And I can promise you, I guarantee you, it's a much better movie than Barbie and probably Oppenheimer too. So as far as I know, that is still coming out August 11th. But my God, if I see one more adult <laughs> happy, I mean happy about it, look at me, I'm Barbie. It is amazing. I've seen it too, like Midtown, just walking around Midtown. Yes. Like, what the heck's going on here? Where did it come from? Again, it speaks to a much larger issue. <laughs> this is why they want us dead. Yeah, right. You think I'm kidding? They might be right. <laughs> you know, I mean, they are right. Joseph Takapina is coming up next. I, I might request it, actually. Like, please bring yeah. it. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. So I get by with a little help from my friends. Birthday right here to the late great Chris Cornell. This is Audio Slave. Be yourself. One of my favorite rock and roll songs ever. Seven forty-four Thursday morning. Still to come. Monica Crowley, Bo Deedle, Bill O'Reilly, and the former president of CBS Radio, Dan Mason. But uh, how about Joe Tacopina? He's in D.C. I guess today and tomorrow, wrapping up a trial. At the same time, you know he's heard from President Trump who was about to be indicted and arrested for a third time, this time on that January 6th nonsense. There's nothing here. But here he is, famed defense attorney, the best in the business, and a friend of mine, dear friend, for the better part of 46 years, the great Joseph Takapina. Good morning, Joseph. Sydney, good morning. Hey, listen, by the way, Chris Cornell is different, right? I mean, 
you just mentioned him. He he is the greatest voice of our era. That's what I said. I said the same thing this morning. Five octane voice. And many entertainers who I represent, I mean, top level, both in in the rock and roll industry and in the the hip-hop industry, all credit Cornell being the most talented singer they've ever heard. And he, and, and, and that was such a tragedy because he was such a, by all accounts, a great guy, yep. great husband, great yep. father. Yep. Um, but mental illness is a scary thing. Really well, is. mental illness, he also had a heroin issue, but he was doing okay at the time. I think yeah, he was at a yeah. concert in Germany and, and then no, of course, no, Detroit. Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Detroit. And then yeah. you know what happened afterwards? He killed himself. And then because yeah. of that, the lead singer of Lincoln Park, because Cornell yeah. died, he killed himself. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, just you never know. Every everyone envies the lives of all these these stars, these rock and roll stars. Yeah, but you just don't know what goes on behind the curtains. But no, you right. Voice is just insane. Audio Slave, Soundgarden. I mean, he did he did. Um, uh, thank you, Led Zeppelin's Thank you, a, a rendition of it that is bone chilling. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm, so, so. I'm so happy you're doing this because the first thing I said this morning, I played uh, I am the Highway first. We'll play Like a Stone later. And I said to Lou, on the air, I said, this is the best voice that we've had in rock and roll in a long time. And here you come on and uh, you're saying the same thing, which is great. Amazing. He, he yeah. was a uh, he was a great star. Yes, he was. Joe sure. Takapina, so you're in, uh, you're in D.C. right now, but mm-hmm. this is not about Daniel Snyder, the former owner of the Washington Redskins. No, this is not. this is just a, a citizen accused, and, and and we're we're just fighting a fight here in this beautiful climate in Washington D.C. where yeah. it's 135 degrees humidity. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's, so. it's brutal there right now. Uh, but but uh, your your friend lived there for uh, four years, and he's trying to get back. And of course, now we got the letter. As he said, no one gets a letter on a Sunday night, but I got a letter uh, from the DOJ. He's once again the target of another indictment. Now again. He said during that speech, he said it, it's on tape, walk peacefully to the Capitol. I don't know how they can uh, even, forget about proving, I don't know how they could even uh, uh, even say that he, he broke the law. What, what he did, I don't know. You tell me this latest indictment coming in any day now. What is that all about? It's about more of the same. It's about trying to crush a political opponent with the justice. I mean, this is looking so bad from the outside in, even to people who do not like Donald Trump. And there are many out there. But 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 even those people are starting to question what is going on here. We are in such a bad position in this country because, look, we're now we're now talking about charging President Trump with the January 6th, you know, conspiracy or the actions regarding January 6th. And like you just said, his statements on tape talking about marching peacefully, um, his, 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 you know, f- true belief, true belief that the election was stolen and less, whether it was or wasn't, you know, obviously there's, there's been certainly there's been questions about whether there's any evidence or not. Um, but the bottom line is, the bottom line is, if he had a belief, right or wrong, it's irrelevant, if he had an honest belief that the election was stolen, and he asked people to protest peacefully. There is no scenario where they should be able to By the way, let me take it a step him. further. He also had the wherewithal, the inside President Trump, to know that there may be some rebel rousers, there may be some troublemakers. So he reached out. He reached out to Nancy Pelosi days before and said, hey, listen, just to be safe, put 10,000 uh, National Guardsmen here. She didn't do it. I mean, everything everything that went against him that day, nothing he did. Nothing he did. 
Yeah, I just, I, you know, this is getting to the point now where it's just like we're going to keep pounding him until he gets on his knees. And, and he won't ever get on his knees. So this is going to be, uh, unfortunately, a very messy end game here. It really is. I mean, we're now looking at potentially four indictments for the leading Republican uh, presidential candidate. It's going to be four indictments if Georgia pulls the trigger, which by all accounts they're going to. So now, you, you know, you're talking about four pending indictments. Um, two by the same prosecutor. And it's, you know, yet, you know, and again, I'm not overly political, Sid, but then you look at the Hunter Biden investigation and these two whistleblowers, including a Democrat who testified the other day. um, And and just to show show you that there's no even handed um, administration of justice. And that's what people are scared about and disgusted by. No, I know. Listen, I've got a friend who works here. He's Basically, John Katsimatidis, right-hand guy, he's a wonderful guy. Spent 24 years dedicating his life to this country as a solid FBA guy. His name is uh, George V. Great, great guy, okay? But you know what? I've got a guy at the station named Curtis who seems to believe there was a cover-up with this Gilgo Killings deal, and the FBI was kind of in on it. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But George was so offended yesterday, and so was Peter King. Are you kidding me? You got Chris Ray lying in front of uh, the people of, uh, in Capitol Hill just a couple of weeks ago. Jim Comey, what he did, stroke and page, banging each other, admitting this was their insurance policy. Something like this, Jack Smith, the DOJ going after Donald Trump, basically nothing. I mean, I get it. You're proud of your career. You should be. And for the most part, the FBI are good people. But don't tell me they're above criticism. Not in this day and age. No, no, I think they've, they've lost a lot of their, the, the, the veneer, the shine that the FBI was always considered, you know, the law enforcement organization that was looked up to by the world, um, uh, you know, and, 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 they were very, and, and, and by the way, deservedly so. It's not as if they didn't do anything wrong. No question. Yes. No question. And there are some great agents in there and still are. Um, but, but when, when, when it starts becoming a partisan branch of, of the government in power, it's it's exactly what it's not supposed to be, and that's when abuse of power becomes an issue. And look, just just look to the testimony of those of those you know two IRS agents, um, one of whom was a, a lifelong Democrat. I mean, that stuff. What you heard there was scary. I mean, that that is really incredible that these two IRS agents who have nothing to gain here, okay, except a boatload of problems coming their way. You know, testified about egregious wrongdoing at the highest levels of the DOJ, um, in which they say obstructed and ultimately destroyed their five-year criminal investigation of Hunter Biden. Um, and and again, one's a Democrat, so this is not about partisanship. Um, this is not about a guy. But but then you did the, those text messages that came out about Hunter Biden demanding, almost extorting five million dollars from a, a you know a Chinese uh, company, um, citing the fact that his father's sitting right next to him and he's very upset. You know, these things, for some reason, were sabotaged by the DOJ in in ways we're still discovering. Right. I mean, you Um, had the text you talked about, but here, this is the New York Post. Literally yesterday, Biden, extremely well-known to feds investigating Hunter. President Biden was extremely well-known to federal authorities investigating his son, Hunter Biden. And you ready for this? even showed up at an FBI office during the probe. This is what the Democrat IRS whistleblower told everybody yesterday. Like you said, gay, Democrat, no reason to defend Republicans or Trump or partisanship, no reason to lie. He's saying the president even showed up at an FBI office. And you know what? I believe it. 
Oh, I don't think there's any question. I don't even think that's a fact and dispute. I mean, I think what what I, I think the agent even testified that he showed up on unrelated matter, but still, the Delaware United States Attorney's Office is not one of the, the biggest U.S. Attorney's Office in the country. Right. They've never had anything like this case. Um, so for you know President Biden to show up during um, you know an investigation, coincidentally of his son, that wound up you know, really being sidetracked and, and, and taken off the rails. It, you know, it, it, it seems like at every stage decisions were made. I think one of the shapely uh, testifies is that at, at every stage they made decisions in that office that benefited the subject of the investigation, which was Hunter Biden. Right. That is not the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> no, it's um, so no. it's, just, yeah. it's, it's really crazy. And then you think about the things he did wrong. Forget about the guy didn't talk about the money. I mean, all the money from foreign nationals and governments, and and using his father as a as a hammer to get that money, um, is is one thing. The the you know the gun the line about the gun registration. With all the problems we have in this country with people having guns who shouldn't have guns, like people with mental illness or or addiction, he 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 got a gun with, by lying about his addiction, right? And and then you have all the tax things. If this were Donald Trump. Just, just for a second, step back. Change the characters here. This was Donald Trump who had done exactly what Hunter Biden's alleged to have done. Oh my God! You think a misdemeanor slap on yeah. the wrist? We yeah. resolved this quietly and peacefully. Yeah. Would have been the case. Well, but, but, we looked at 143 years. Even, in jail. even, even a better example would not be Donald because he's the father like Joe. If this was Donald Jr. or Eric Trump, anyone with the last name of Trump, right? This would be treated of course. differently, and, and that's what that's what people look. People have to speak. And I've spoken yesterday to a, a staunch Democrat who said enough is enough. They're getting sick of, of all of this because it now starting to appear. Look, they're losing credibility. The left is losing credibility. The DOJ is losing credibility. And that's not good for anybody. No. That's not good for the right, for the right. left, for the middle. Right. Not good for anyone. What are your thoughts on this serial killer? Uh, we know the specifics about the case. Responsible, they think for uh, three, maybe four. Uh, the uh, now the uh, it's gone to South Carolina. It's gone to Vegas. Uh, you've got his wife filing for divorce yesterday. Curtis seems to think there are dead bodies in Atlantic City. He may be involved there too. There are two different cars: one at his brother's house in South Carolina, one at his house. An architect living in a dilapidated home with three hundred guns in the basement. I mean, this guy uh, he fits the part. There's no doubt. But there's lots of dead bodies out there. What are your thoughts on Rex Yorman? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think we're in double digits with this guy. I mean, I, I do. I think they're going to wind up being able to tag him with at least at least 10 bodies based on the people I've spoken to in law enforcement and based on the evidence. I mean, look, um, this guy, really what you have here, and it's, it's unbelievable that we're even talking about this in this day and age, <clears throat> with the DNA and all the modern law enforcement tools we have, is a modern-day Jack the Ripper. I mean, this is Jack. Yeah. This was Jack the Ripper's modus operandi, right? Yeah. I mean, go after, you know, vulnerable uh, night workers, street workers, prostitutes, whatever you want to call them, um, and 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 lure them in and, and kill them, and kill them in in brutal ways. I mean, this guy was not, you know, this wasn't just like a, a shot to the head here. This was a dismemberment in, in a lot of cases and everything else. I mean, this is really. Some scary stuff that this guy. Well, let me ask you this, then. I'll ask you the same question I asked Arthur O'Donnell last week, being that you're both defense attorneys and you're the best in the business. What if, in fact, 
you had to defend this guy. You've defended some some rough people, Joe. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, what if, yeah. in fact, you had to defend this guy? You, you, for example. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's true. You're right. <laughs> I mean, if I ever get you, I miss some Bernie. <laughs> Jams. That's you true. Know, you that's know, true. I mean, yeah. Yeah, true. all three of us. That's true. Uh, what would, what, what, how would that go if you got to defend this guy? Listen, first of all, let me just be blunt with you. I would never defend this guy because the, the part of my ability to represent someone is my my belief in either the person or the cause, um, and, and that's important to me because it, it puts me into a, a different. Mode so, so you're telling me that you're telling me that you thought you're on Bandersloot didn't do it because you know he killed that girl in the room, but you know he did. No, no. Yes, he I, did. I, to yes, he did. Case, no, no. To, to, he was. I don't know. Was he clear? Oh, I don't care. I mean, listen. I don't care. O.J. Simpson care. was acquitted too. He, he did it. But he listen, did it. I yeah. did not. I did not accept the representation of him in the Peru case because I believed he did it. Okay. Of course, it's not to say. Said, let me be very clear. My job is not to be judged during an executioner as a defense lawyer. I'm not saying everyone I've represented is innocent. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Sometimes there are great people who have a bad tenderness in their lives, and 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 mitigating circumstances are important in those cases, right? I'm talking about, you know, for me to represent someone, just a personal decision, I have to believe in that person or believe in the case. Right. Um, and, and, and if I don't, I'm very poor, I'm, I'm very pedestrian. Um, I'll, I'd be an average, below average defense attorney if I, if I didn't well, believe that, have I there been, be that. Well, have there been examples without telling me anything specific yep, yep. where you said no? Oh, my God. <laughs> All the time. Really? All the time. Harvey Weinstein, for example. <laughs> no. That was a very quick no when I got that call. Um, you know, that was, that was a quick. Oh, uh, this is another um, example yeah. of Idala picking up Takapina's nose. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when I got that call, it was a quick, that was a quick no. Um, it was just, there are, and there are others. There are people, look, I would never represent, I've represented people accused of, of heinous crimes. Right. Those people, for example, there was a gym teacher in Long Island, I won't mention his name, accused of molesting nine girls. Did I'm telling you on my children, that guy was innocent, innocent, innocent. He was a father, a uh, football coach. He had two young daughters, yeah. uh, I mean, two yeah. young children, yeah. a wife who stood behind him. He was ultimately acquitted, found not guilty, because he was not guilty. Right. He wasn't. But, was but, but, but what about a kid, my, my dear friend Jazz Palmer and Terry, will never talk to this mm-hmm. kid again. What about a kid like Lilo Brancata? Lilo Brancata is a great individual, a great person, a good soul who made a mistake because he, he was so diseased, he was so addicted to drugs. But understand that, in that case that I got Lilo acquitted of, in the murder of that, that police officer, his co-defendant was responsible and went to jail for the rest of his miserable life, as, right. he, should have, as he should have. Right. Um, but Leo was not on the hook for that. He wasn't legally responsible. He wasn't morally responsible. But I always, I, but I always thought if you show up at a scene with somebody and uh, that person does the killing and it's not you, that you're almost equally as responsible. But, but I guess not. No, no. Here's, here was the distinction in that case. A great question, Sid. Here was the distinction in that case. The, 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 they went to go score some drugs from what they thought was an abandoned house, right? Leo was completely gone at that point. He was a, an addict, um, and he had no control over his, his addiction. So they were going to score drugs. There was no violence involved. They went to get drugs from a, a friend's house who had passed. There were some prescription bottles in there. They broke into the house via window. There was a cop next door who was off duty, lived there. The guy who Leo was with, unbeknownst to Leo, had a gun and used that gun to shoot now, Lilo did not have a weapon. No weapons. Lilo did not. Lilo did not have a weapon. And, gotcha. Lilo, and here's the key. More importantly, Lilo did not know the other individual had gotcha. a weapon and gotcha. used it. If right. Lilo knew, yeah. that's a different story. He's gotcha. equally responsible for the right. Even if, so, even if he murder. didn't have a gun, if he knew the other guy had a gun, 
then he's in bigger trouble. Bottom line, it's, it's felony murder. Gotcha. Right. You're, you're right. responsible for the actions of your your co right. Well, that, so you would not no uh, right. So you would not defend this guy. I, I hate to do this because it's a great conversation, and you're an unbelievable guest. But it's, I'm at the top of the hour. I got to run. That's okay, brother. But, but this was great, and uh, we'll do it again next week. And keep up the good work, Joseph Tacopina. You're you're a man of the people, not just Donald Trump, but everyday folks like that gym teacher out of Long Island. And I love you to pieces. Thank you so much. That was great. A great conversation right there. Famed defense attorney, proudly my buddy for 46 years, the man, Joseph Tacopina. Big 8 o'clock hour coming up, which includes Monica Crowley and Bill O'Reilly. Keep it right here. In the morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Look for somebody on a sidewalk. Carjacking old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the yeah bitch try that in a small town see how far you make it down the road Biatch, try that shizzle. Shoot your ass. No BLM here. No real insurrections here. The real insurrections was Portland, New York, Chicago, Seattle, not not Washington, D.C. Try that in this small town, Biatch. Jason Aldean is a hero. F. Cheryl Crow and all the liberals and all the folks in cities like this, New York, L.A., that are ruining this country. There's about 40 states, which my friend Daniel Lesh calls Flyover Nation, that love this guy. I love this guy. A little more before Monica Crowley, Jason O.D. Come on, baby. Try this in a small town. Monica Crowley has a great podcast. I mean, a great podcast. She lives here, though. Uh, of course, she worked uh, for Donald Trump, and she's a great talent. I see her on Fox News all the time, Hannity's God of Waters, all those shows. And she's kind enough to hop on with me this morning. Monica Crowley, sweetheart, how are you? Hey, good morning, Sid. I'm doing great. Thank you. Are you a Jason Aldean fan? 
I well, I yes, but I am even more so now. <laughs> I <love it. laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, what, what what is happening to him is just another expression of this outrageous communist revolution that we've been in. Remember, and Sid, you and I have talked about this before. This Marxist revolution has been going on in this country for decades, right? And it's been rather, it's been slow, but it's been very, very uh, steady. And it's been very determinative in terms of what its ultimate goal is, which is to transform this country. And so now we're at a real tipping point. There are two streams to the Marxist revolution. One is economic, right? Marxism is basically an attack on capitalism um, to achieve full communism. But the other strain of it is cultural. This is why Mao Zedong in China did a cultural revolution. And what we are going through right now is a cultural revolution. And Jason Aldean is just the latest expression of it. (laughs) You are so smart and so damn good, Crowley. That was great the way you put that. But, by the way, uh, the other side, of course, the NFL, for example, their Super Bowl pregame show two years ago, they had no issue putting uh, Snoop Dogg up on stage. You know, Snoop Dogg is only two years removed from writing a song that encouraged shooting cops. Also did a video where he shot Donald Trump in the head. But I don't hear Sheryl Crow bitching about that. I don't hear all these oh, yeah. people, right? That's okay. That's good, right? Because he's black. Right. Well, there are, there are certain things in the culture that are acceptable to the communists. Anything that advances their revolution, um, attacking things and people and institutions that stand in their way of their revolution and transforming this country away from individual liberty and economic freedom and toward a more communist collectivist model. So all of those things that you just laid out, no problem, including, by the way, the uh, country music channel, CMT, that just suspended the Jason Aldean video. They were more than fine with the Snoop Dogg video doing that faux right. assassination attempt on Donald Trump. So they're okay with Antifa. It's matter burning down America, destroying neighborhoods, businesses, and livelihoods, causing billions of dollars in damage, and killing more than 20 people. They're okay with that. But Jason Aldean's little, little uh, music video celebrating small-town values, that they have a problem with. Yep. Doesn't that tell you everything? It does. Uh, shame on CMT. But you know how my friend Jason Aldean got the ultimate revenge and stuck it up everybody's ass? Right now, the number one song on iTunes, try it in a small town. There you have it. So uh, the man you worked for not that long ago, President Donald Trump, I just had Joseph Takapina on right before you, Monica. And uh, here we go again. Tack is, uh, of course, two cases, the original Alvin Bragg indictment. Then he represented Trump in that E. Jean Carroll nonsense. But here we go. Third indictment right around the corner, third arraignment, third arrest. And all it's done is empowered Trump build a bigger base, gotten them more donor money, gotten them more votes. So the Democrats, DOJ, clearly trying to destroy Donald Trump. When are these morons going to figure out all they're doing is empowering Donald Trump? (laughs) Well, it is a a fascinating political dynamic, right? Donald Trump is like a superhero. There is a particular superhero whose name escapes me now, but there's one that every time he's hit, he grows stronger. And that is exactly what has been obvious from with Donald Trump for the last eight years did, right? 
So there are two more indictments coming. One looks like Jack Smith, again, on the January 6th stuff with bogus charges there. And then Atlanta, um, that uh, U.S. attorney looks like she is going to bring an indictment and charges against him there for questioning the results there of the 2020 election. So you've got two more coming with a whole slew of, of additional charges on Donald Trump. Look, Yes, it is making him much stronger. But remember, when you think back to 2020, the left pulled a trigger of a massive global crisis plan to stop him. So it was of an unprecedented virus shutting down the global economy, um, getting BLM and Antifa to burn down the country and create chaos. Um, and disrupt law and order, which was another big one of his legacies, right, as well as a booming Trump economy. You see how they disrupted everything he could run on? Law and order, uh, secure border, um, strong economy. In 2020, they disrupted all of that and threw it into chaos. And then, of course, leveraged COVID with the balloting, early voting, just swamped all of the systems so that they could arrange the election in their direction. If that's what they had going in 2020, what do they have going in 2024 (laughs) in order to stop him? And there may be other stuff. They may have another pandemic ready to go. Who knows? But one of the big elements is tying Donald Trump up in court with four separate cases so that every day he's got to be in a different courtroom. That's what they are going to do to him. And the ultimate goal, especially with the January 6th case, Sid, is to block him from appearing on the ballot at all. This is why they kept talking about insurrection, because with the January 6th case, they are going to try to disqualify him from running for president by invoking the 14th Amendment, which says if you are involved in any kind of insurrection or attempt to, quote, overthrow the government, you cannot seek high office. Right. So right. That is their game plan for next year. Idiotic. Uh, there, it was not an insurrection. By the definition of the word, while January 6th was a complete embarrassment, and you can criticize Trump for not doing something quick enough, 100%. I did. It was not an insurrection. The media are so stupid, they use that word. And, of course, the Trump detractors use that word. The definition of insurrection, there got to be weapons. And as far as I know, the only person murdered that day by a weapon was an innocent white woman named Ashley Babbitt, murdered by a black cop. Now, let's go to the other side here, Joe Biden. Right. While Donald Trump is in court every day and he's still going to win this. That's my opinion. This guy, you've got IRS whistleblowers every day, even gay Democrat IRS whistleblowers that are telling us this should have been a felony, not a misdemeanor. That Joe Biden is lying, that Hunter Biden is lying. When are we finally going to get this guy, Joe Biden, through his son? Yeah, you know, I worked at the Treasury Department under President Trump for almost two years, and IRS is part of Treasury. So we saw these cases all day long, every day, get brought before, um, you know, the, the system and people who try to evade taxes. They're not paying their taxes. They're paying too little. They're fleeing the country. Those cases are prosecuted all the time. And yet, from what we've heard from these IRS whistleblowers who are extremely credible, I mean, these are... These are career individuals. They're not political appointees. They have no axe to grind, including that one who is an outspoken gay Democrat 
they're all saying, look, this investigation into Hunter, strictly on the tax stuff, not on what Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about, transporting prostitutes across state lines, which is a violation of the law, uh, not the gun charges, where that was also a violation of the law, sweetheart deal, too. This is just on the tax piece. And, Sid, I mean, they were saying, credibly, with all the receipts, that Hunter Biden got a full pass from the federal government, that they were their investigation was stymied at every turn by the Department of Justice, which is incredibly corrupt. Merrick Garland is the most radical, corrupt attorney general we have ever had. And that's saying something since we lived through Eric Holder. Yeah, that's true. Even something Bill Barr uh, was a problem, too, although not as corrupt as the two you just mentioned, which, of course, uh, no coincidence, uh, those are the two for Obama and Biden, who, of course, work together and, don't kid yourself, still do. So, Monica, your podcast, which is great, I've been a guest on it. You've got amazing guests on there. It is a must-listen and must-view three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Give me the whole lowdown. Oh, well, thank you so much, Sid. Yeah, um, the, the show is called the Monica Crowley Podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, so Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your shows. Just click on Monica Crowley Podcast, click subscribe. It's free. It will automatically download to your phone uh, with every new show. And I'm doing some deep dives this summer into a lot of really important issues, including the CCP and China. Also, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, and American Cultural Revolution. I'm doing that today with Chris Rufo. That's going to be a great show. I just had President Trump a couple of weeks ago. So I encourage everybody to go back and listen to that show in early June. It was an unbelievable conversation. Um, And, you know, I just, I, I want to educate and inspire people so that you know what moment we're in in America. The hour is very late here, okay? So my job on my podcast is to educate and inspire everybody into what's actually going on, and also we have some fun, too. You know, i got to get you here. I told John and Margot and Chad and others, we got to get Monica Crowley to this station. She's here. She's in New York. She's absolutely brilliant. She's got a great podcast. She's worked with Trump. She knows everybody. She's fun. She got it all going for her. So I got to find a way. I know you're not going to comment on that. So just uh, congratulations on the podcast. <laughs> and great job this morning. My friend, you're so kind. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Great job there, folks. Monica Crowley. Check it out. The Monica Crowley podcast three days a week. Our interview with Donald Trump was great. Go back and listen to that. And what did she say early on? I used to like Jason Aldean. Now I like him even more. So should the rest of America. Here he is, Jason Aldean. Carjacking old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face. Scope on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think it's tough. Try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road Around here we take care of our own You cross that line It won't take long for you to find out I recommend you don't Try that in a small town Got a gun 
Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. She can't go to the premiere in California. Because of a union strike. Because of a union strike. It's a union strike. No room for sit at the premiere in California. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. You'll find it here. Boy. Oh, nice job there by one of our top salespeople. The musical stylings of the great James Incorvaya. He provided the vocals to another great Chris Libertini bit. Yes, there'll be no Hotel California for me because of the actor's strike. There'll be no red carpet party. This is the real singer for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, oh, it's so close. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's close. I, I got it mixed up. I can't tell. It's close. A couple of happy birthday wishes. Jeez. Let me start with my next-door neighbor who uh, I tell you guys I love all the time. He's a hero firefighter, Billy Felton, and his lovely wife, Jackie. Billy and Jackie. Well, they got three beautiful kids, two little girls, and uh, a little boy, their son, and he's two years old today. Happy birthday to Nico Felton, my next-door neighbor. I got sets of great neighbors. I've got John and Margaret on the other side. They're terrific people. But uh, happy birthday to Nico Felton. And you guys remember Jamie McKim? She's a huge fan of mine and, and Bernie, too, uh, from the state of Ohio. She came in one morning weeks ago with her daughter, Nicole. Well, her daughter, Nicole, is celebrating her 30th birthday today. She calls it the death of the 20s. So happy birthday to Nico Felton and to Nicole McKim. So we had this uh, whole Jason Aldean conversation moments ago with Crowley. I started the show with it, too. And it's, it's taking me over. I know you got the Biden, the IRS whistleblower. You got Trump. You got Mayor Adams with the migrants. You've got, um, say, Quan Barkley with his giant stuff. All this stuff going on. And all I can think about is Jason Aldean. And it turns out my friend Jesse Waters, I'm on his show once a month on Fox News. And I really like Jesse. And I'm happy that Jesse got the promotion. You know, it's the 8 o'clock spot that Tucker Carlson used to own. He started that on Monday. He reacted to the cancellation of Jason Aldean. CMT canceled Jason Aldean. His song is right now number one on iTunes, even though my friend Anthony Barbarisi can't seem to buy it. Number one on iTunes. And it's a lot of folks like me who loved him before and love him even more now for writing a song that is not even a bit racist. And all the video shows, folks, is what BLM was doing in the summer of 2020. 
which was the real insurrection. Jesse Waters made those points last night. It's okay for Snoop Dogg, right? Snoop Dogg performs at a halftime show. Millions and millions and millions of people around the world watch that dopey halftime show at the Super Bowl. And this son of a bitch is only two years removed from writing a song and coaching people to kill cops. But Cheryl Crow didn't bitch then. I don't remember all this outrage then. Jay-Z was thrilled. Roger Goodell was thrilled. My own friends and family loved it. These are low lives. Low lives. And Jason Aldean is getting crap today because he had the nerve to shoot a video in front of a courthouse where somebody was lynched or because he showed what actually happened in the summer of 2020? Give me a break. Here's Jesse Waters. All he said is you can't jack an old lady, spit on a cop, or slug a stranger where he's from. doesn't fly. They're not going to let riots, looting, and violence slide in their hometown. It's a song about values that are in every small town in America. A huge part of the country relates to that on every level. But it got yanked off the airwaves. Country Music TV caved and canceled the country song. Paramount, a giant company in a big city, decided you're not allowed to hear about small town values. You're too violent and racist. Did it offend their viewers? No. They listened to a handful of critics who'd never watched their channel instead of millions of customers. Michael Bloomberg funded the country music cancellation. Mike Bloomberg's group, Every Town for Gun Safety, peppered Paramount and CMT with tweets. That's all it took. And they're not done yet. They want to end Aldine's career. Now they're trying to get the Grand Old Opry to cancel his shows. The fans aren't going to let that happen. They'll watch Aldine play in a parking lot if they have to. His song just hit number one on iTunes. Number one. In fact, that was Jesse Waters, who my dear friend, the greatest ever, Bill O'Reilly, set to join me next. He gave Jesse Waters his opportunity to become the star he is today. Thank you, Bill O'Reilly. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, because now I'm really fired up. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I, I'm with you. I know where why you're so well, fired up. I started at 6 a.m. like this. It doesn't take much. No, it doesn't. doesn't what I'm going to do much. now is just to really piss some people off. <laughs> I'm going to play this damn song at every break the rest of the day. Oh, God. oh yes, I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to okay. play it at every break the rest of the day. All right. So it's... before the great Bill O'Reilly stops by, <laughs> here it is, folks, Jason Aldean. Somebody on a sidewalk Carjacking old lady at a red light Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store You think it's cool, act a fool if you like Cuss out a cop, spit in his face Stomp on the flag and light it up Yeah, you think it's tough Well, try that in a small town See how far you make it down Talk Radio 77. 
WABC. Oy. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Between a boy and man She was 17 And she was far from in between It was summertime and Funny about this song This is Kid Rock, of course Remaking Warren Zevon's classic But this, um Cheryl Crow This loser Did a song with Kid Rock She thinks Jason Aldean is bad How about Kid Rock? Kid Rock, where's Donald Trump's underwear at night? Yeah, I think so. He's stalking him. He was the one one shooting up the beer case. Yeah, I know. Jennifer Harrison just texted me. Victim rights. Forget the Bill O'Reilly. He said, Cheryl Crow was retweeting the OG of grifters, anti-gun hypocrites, Shannon Watts, Moms Demand Action, who just retired with 14 million. Well, you know who's really sick of violence? Shannon and Cheryl. The black communities whose kids are killing each other as a direct result of the soft on crime policies addressed in Odin's song and promoted by the culture of hip hop actually being celebrated today that promotes this violence and where you can't get ahead without any kind of street cred. But those rappers win awards, even have their own award show. I've never seen Shannon call any of them out, complete hypocrites, including Cheryl Crow. With that said, he was the best. He still is the best and will always be the best. He is the best of all time. This is the highest-rated segment any show all week long on WABC, whether it's his own show, 9 p.m. weeknights here, or his own great website, BillOReilly.com. Great interviews, great columns, uh, great TV shows. There's nobody better. His Killing Series is amazing, Killing the Witches, the latest in that long stretch of great books. And just recently hosted me, my son Gabriel, at a Met game with Laura Curran, and now my son Gabe loves Bill O'Reilly, the best ever Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. You know, I don't understand uh, Bloomberg here. Yeah, I don't, I don't, he funded yeah, this. You ought to, you ought to uh, invite Bloomberg on tomorrow. Okay. Um, probably won't come, but you should uh, invite him and say, you know, let's talk about this. Because the bigger story than uh, just opposing points of view this is the totalitarian far left in motion. You say something we don't like, you're through. We're going to crush your career. You're not going to appear anywhere. And they all do it. Very, very few uh, mavericks in the corporate media will say, no, that's wrong. And you may not like Aldine's song, but he certainly has a right to put it out. And the American public has a right to hear it. So, we are basically veering toward totalitarianism here in this country. And I don't understand why there's more, isn't more uh, pushback from the folks. The folks have got to rise up and not consume uh, products from corporations that are doing this. Now, Bud Light and Heiser Bush got crushed. Disney, they're going to sell Disney now. It got battered so badly. So the folks are there. But this song, I mean, I'm sitting there going, this is America. This isn't uh, China. Not, But the far left wants it to be China. One opinion. And if you dare go against that opinion, we're going to try to hurt you, cancel you. 
And this is another example of that. Yeah, That's listen, the big picture. You're right. And I'm so glad you started and went there, Bill. I really am. Uh, Monica Crowley said something similar. Uh, you really just nailed it at the very top of this conversation. And you mentioned Bloomberg. You know, look, I was in Boca Raton for his uh, third, his last uh, run there, when he uh, really uh, did something illegal and made himself mayor for the third time. But the first couple of terms there, he was actually pretty good. Can you tell me what happened to Mike Bloomberg? I don't know. I mean, he's obsessed with the gun thing. He thinks that uh, depriving Americans of options buying firearms is going to drop gun crime. It won't, uh, because the uh, criminal element that uses guns don't buy them legally. Hello, hello. <laughs> now, Bloomberg was very tough on crime in this city. Okay, he was. And he did a good job. He allowed the uh, police to uh, stop and frisk. He defended stop and frisk. Oh, but, don't, but, but, but don't forget, but don't forget, his predecessor Rudy Giuliani set the table nicely for him. Okay, but what happened when De Blasio took over for Bloomberg? True. I mean, true. true. Right. Yep. So Bloomberg governed the city the way it needed to be governed to keep crime, violence under control, and bring down the victims. So you know, when I see this kind of stuff, and it's everywhere, it is everywhere. And I've had to fight it myself. I mean, personally, um, thank God that the folks rally to me and my independent news agency at BillOReilly.com. But, you know, if you look around, uh, I can't get on Good Morning America. No. I can't uh, get on the Fallon show. They're not going to put me on. And they used to. But now they're afraid. They're afraid to do it. I'm tired of this cancel business. This is Nazi stuff. That's what the Nazis did. And if you know anything about history, Stalin did it. Mao did it. They're doing it in China and Russia this very moment. And we're veering toward that. You know, when the NFL has their issues, when Ray Rice knocks out his – and you're a great sports guy, Bill. When Ray Rice knocks out his girlfriend in an elevator, when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, everybody always says, you know how you get back at him? Don't buy tickets. Don't buy merchandise. Don't buy the NFL package. Hit them where it hurts. So right now, Jason Aldean's song is number one on iTunes. Go out there and buy a song. It's a dollar twenty-nine. Bill, you should buy a thousand of them. A dollar twenty-nine. Go out there and buy a song, and that's how Jason Aldean can stick up his middle finger to CMT, all these corporations, Cheryl Crow, and all these losers who are trying to strip him of his American liberties. You know, it's all virtue signaling. And if I buy uh, all the song, can I put it on my record player? I, I don't understand how to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a dinosaur here. I, I, I understand iTunes. Is that like Looney Tunes? What tunes? I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, it's just insane. Um, but Aldine will sell 10 times as many uh, recordings as he would have had this not happened, which is another irony. So what, here's my question. What are you protecting us from, Bloomberg? What are you protecting us from? I don't understand. Small town isn't going to embrace violent crime? Is that a bad theme? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a bad theme? Yeah. You know I mean, what, you know what I just don't know what we're being protected from. But you just made a great point. If these people are trying to hurt Aldine, 
like you said, like you said, he's going to sell a thousand times more than he would have before. It reminds me of right. Donald. It reminds me of Donald Trump. If these people at the DOJ are trying to hurt Donald Trump by indicting him every day, and his third one is coming up in a couple of days, arresting him, arraigning him, and all this nonsense, every time they do it, more donor money lengthens his lead over DeSantis. So it seems like whether it's all Dean, it's going to backfire. He's going to sell the song like hotcakes. Same thing with Trump. He's going to win easier the more they break his balls. Well, I don't know about that because um, we have a civil war in this country. But the damage to all Dean is that they're going to try to isolate him from the industry now. So, yes, in the short term, he'll sell more recordings of this song. But appearing on uh, the Country Music Award, I, I was with uh, Naomi Judd. Uh, I had to be 12, 13 years ago to give out an award as a country music award in, in Nashville. And backstage was Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow, who were dating at the time. And uh, I could tell that Cheryl Crow just loathed me. <laughs> I mean, it was really, and, you know, do I oh, care? God. No, I don't care. Yeah. Um, it means nothing to me. But these people want a virtue signal. That's their whole life. They're noble and better than the people who hold, who hold opposing points of view. But I would really like to hear Bloomberg on your program. Now, if he doesn't come on, politely ask why. Are you afraid of Sid? Are you not one of Sid's friends? I mean, come on. I don't know. I mean, I had Ray Tierney in here on Monday, who I, who I really have a tremendous amount of respect for. He's done a tremendous job, him and... Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison in Suffolk County about this creep Rex Uriman. And, uh, you know, I, I, I at least, at the very, at the very least, posited a possible cover up. The FBI wasn't allowed into this case for a long time because of this prostitution ring and some of the rumors where some of these cops were involved. And, and I'm not sure they're all that happy about it. So I'm not sure Mike Bloomberg wants to come here either, but I would just ask him to tell the truth. Tell the truth. All we want to know is your point of view, Mr. Mayor. That's all. That's all we want to know. Yeah. Because this looks like totalitarianism to us. Yes. That's what it looks like. Yep. You know, now a totalitarian (laughs) from a libertarian to a totalitarian. I think he is. I think so. I think he's uh, nearing uh, communist level. But, you know, you said with Trump, you said, and you're right, it's a very very good point, Bill. The difference is, oh, Dean will be, I agree with you, not invited to music award shows and all these things. Right, but I think, shunned, but I think the point is similar in that he's going to get a bump uh, right away, and the same thing is going on with Trump, at least, as soon as he gets indicted, he gets that initial bump. Now, I don't know if that's going to translate to a win in 2024, but what do you think they're trying to accomplish based upon the last couple of arrests? Well, there's no doubt that the Justice Department wants to take Donald Trump off the board. I mean, here's how absurd this is. And by the way, if anybody wants a um, fun eight minutes, Google O'Reilly Chris Cuomo last night on News Nation. That was quite a shootout. And all of your audience would, I think, in, and tomorrow you might use some of that because, oh boy. Anyway, the Justice Department charges uh, Trump with deprivation of rights under color of law, Section 242, Title 18. No one on earth knows what that is. No one. Okay? 
It could be anything, anything. Deprivation of rights under color of law. What, what's color of law? What, what is that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Nobody knows. And one of the things that Cuomo said last night was when I was laying out methodically how Hunter Biden and his family, including the president, had gotten favorable treatment. There's no doubt about that. I mean, if you don't know that, then you're dumb. That's all. You're dumb. Okay? They got favorable treatment. But he goes, well, didn't Trump get favorable treatment? I go, do you live in this country? <laughs> Every day the guy's getting indicted for something else. Right. Every day the full power of the Justice Department is being used to destroy him. Well, did Chris Cuomo give you any examples, that moronic statement he makes there, where Trump was actually treated nicely? Do you have any? No, no. He was no. just basically no. trying to point out that I have a double standard, which I don't. Which you don't. No, you um, don't. My double standard is I'm after Hunter and Joe, but I'm okay with what Trump did. I'm not okay with what Trump did. I think it was foolish for Trump to take those documents. I think it was foolish for Trump to wait all that time on January 6th before right. he said Right. And I made, I'm very clear about it. We don't do ideology here. We don't do parties. Yeah, but you just used a very important word. You said in both cases, and I agree with you on both, you used the word foolish, not illegal, yeah. not illegal. Well, we'll see in a court of law, but I think the jury, once they get seated and the uh, prosecutor goes, um, uh, this is a deprivation of rights under the color of law. <laughs> They're going to all look at each other and go, what? What? Did he steal something? Did he lie? What did he, we know Hunter took $17 million. We know that. At we least. can understand that. Yeah. What's color of law? Well, what is that? It's just insane. Now, I want to tell everybody that Sid and I and his uh, son, Gabriel, good kid. Uh, we're you. at the Met game on uh, Saturday. We're in the front row, and we scared the Mets. Uh, they look, oh, they went look at us. <laughs> and because we scared the Mets, they lost. They got waxed. So are okay? you saying that the reason why Brett Beatty dropped the ball and got hit in his own face? You. <laughs> He's frightening you. I saw him looking over it. And you, you know, you're in the front row. I saw Beatty look and go, if I drop this, Sid's going to lace me. And then he dropped it. He did. Okay. Yes, he did. The other thing is that we're going to have a big announcement on Monday. I'm going to do a special segment on Sid and Friends. On Monday, uh, we're going to do it shortly after 8, 8 p.m., right? 8 uh, you're going to come on with us uh, on Monday morning at 8, 10 a.m. with this okay. very, very special announcement. Big, big announcement. So I want everybody there, including Michael Bloomberg. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's your friend, Sid. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I, don't I don't think know. so. I don't, I have, I don't I, know you don't have to do, friend. Bill, now I have to check the New York Post just to see who are my friends or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, they're dwindling. They're they dwindling. dwindling, yes. I'm going to yeah, try to get I don't know if Curtis is your friend. I, I would not <laughs> I would not get into a closed quarter with uh, with Curtis. No, no, he's tough. He's tough. But you are uh, magnificent. You're great. I'm very excited about this announcement coming up on Monday. I don't know what it is, but I have a feeling it's going to be great. I know that. So thank you for the Met game on Saturday. Thank you for this tremendous appearance. We'll all be listening at 9 o'clock tonight. Bill O'Reilly, you're the best. Thanks for having me, as always. You're the man, Bill O'Reilly. Come on! 9 o'clock at night, Bill O'Reilly here on WABC, BillOReilly.com. And go buy, go buy his books, all those killing series books.
That wraps up three great hours today. Three. A lot more to do. Bo Dito live in studio. And the former president of CBS Sports on a comment Roseanne Barr made a couple of weeks ago. What did she say? You're going to find out from Dan Mason. Keep it right here at Sid and Friends in the morning. Is sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Our tribute to the late great Chris Cornell continues today. We played a bunch of audio slave songs. I am the highway. Be yourself. This is Chris Cornell with Soundgarden. Play this uh, a little more before we get to the great Bo Deedle. Black Hole Sun. Happy birthday, late great Chris Cornell. He would have been, uh, how old would he have been today, Lou? I, I think Lou is his age. How old would uh, Cornell would have been today? 59. 59, okay. So 7.40 every Tuesday morning, Bo Deedle calls in, distinguished himself over the better part of two decades as one of the greatest cops in the city's history. He's going out to become a tremendous actor. All the great movies, Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, The Irishman, all the great TV shows, Godfather of Harlem, Gravesend, and more. He's also the most loyal best friend anyone can have. How do I know that? I've got 26 years' experience, and he's back in studio as he is every Thursday at this time. And he asked me a couple of days for a number of, of, of a gentleman that I know, a guy that just lost to Melinda Katz in the DA race in Queens, whose face, mind you, Bo, is in every restaurant window in my neighborhood in Rockaway Beach, Bell Harbor. And that was the Judge George Grasso. You had the judge on your podcast? How'd that go? Well, let me tell you something. Remember, I retired back in 1985, not 1986, dickhead Lachlan Murdoch. <laughs> I did, I wasn't a detective in 1986, punk, when your paper put me on the cover, okay? All right, let's get that out of the way. And I'm also suing the New York Post for libel and slander because I'm not a Chinese spy. Second, you're not a Chinese spy? No, I, I, I'm not oh. even eating Chinese food anymore. I thought it was so cool. I told I all my hate. friends, my guy Bo's a Chinese okay, spy. Let me put it on the record. <laughs> I hate China. And anybody that does business with Chinese companies should be evicted from this country. Now, I meet this guy, George Grasso. I've heard about him over the years. And I did my homework, the rank and file. Everybody loved this guy. This guy was with the advocate's office. This guy went after cops that were selling drugs and bad cops like we hate. And the good cops that got himself a little jam, jammed up and they did something wrong, but they had a great record. He considered that when he looked upon it. I gave him a spot on my Bo Deedle's true crime story, and I tell everybody, download it. 
It was so good. I went to part one is opening today. Part two's coming out. I kept them on for a dug- wow. double segment. Wow. Let me tell you something. He lost in the Democratic primary to uh, Katz over there, but he's running in the general election. I implore Democrats, Republicans, and independents, this could be the Waterloo turning point for my old county of Queens County. We must all support George Grosso. If you listen to him, he knows about crime. He knows about punishment and incarceration. This man is the man. Agreed. And I'm telling you something. I tell you right now, I'll say it now. If I became the mayor of New York City, which I'll never run, I would put him in as my police commissioner. You really there would? There ain't no better. Wow. There ain't no that better. That is a very large ringing endorsement, And Bo. this guy was a Supreme Court judge all the way, rank and file. And you know the whole point about this whole thing is that we have one thing that we have to consider. Who is the best person? Not Democrat, right, not Republican, right, right. and he's the best. Well, he actually uh, has policies, philosophies for both parties. Yeah. He's not like one no, of these no, no, all no. the way he to is, the right. He's a good guy. And he's, he's running on an independent uh, uh, you know, right. safety And he's uh, running line. against Curtis's ex-wife, Melinda Katz, who is a horror show. Well, here's what I said to him. Here's what I said to him. How come the, the big, the big douchebag upstairs, Ed Cock, how come he doesn't endorse him with the Republican Party? This would be a perfect example. Because he's a Democrat. No, 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 no. Excuse me. We used to have Joe Adabo. You've run on two lines and all that. I know. They should consider endorsing him I am. as the Republican because, you know what, he knows better than any Republican candidate. And it ain't a Republican thing. When these little scumbags out there hold you up, Sid, and they put a knife on your gun, do they say, are you a Republican or a Democrat? <laughs> Let's stop this party line right. now. Right. That will bring me, before we go to Gilgo Beach, that will bring me to your friend Donald Trump. And I've been listening intentively. But you got to understand something, Sid. He's going to get tried in Washington, D.C. So? for this whole thing that you say wasn't what it was. It's not an insurrection. Okay, right. it wasn't, an, it wasn't right. a, a, an erection, right. whatever you want to call it, okay? Right. Yeah. But listen to this, Sid. Truthfully, I'm sorry to say, he will be convicted in Washington. Let Follow me, please. He will be, as much as you love him. Yeah. And you want to know something? I love him, too, okay? Yeah. yeah. But the problem is, once he gets convicted, he can't run for president. We should start doing a plan B. Stop knocking DeSantis. Just listen DeSantis to me, please. sucks. Okay, listen he to me. sucks. We need a plan B. We should get together in case this happens, which I know it's going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. It's the same juries as in New York. Okay, They're going that's not going to happen either. Okay, and what happens, Sid? What happens when it happens? Well, if it happens, it'll what? be shocking. No, we have to have a plan B. He should make nice with DeSantis and build him up. That's too and late build for him that. Up. You know what? For that. You want to know something? He likes Tim Scott. Okay, whatever you got to do, you should start the plan B. Because I don't want this other piece of garbage scumbag <laughs> Biden back in. And again, I, I again. agree with that. All right, now let's go to Gilgo Beach. Right. So Monday night, I was at Old Westbury Country Club honoring my friend Chris Casey, owns 388 uh, uh, Chris and Tony's. And I was with now, the what, com- now, what is Chris? And- That's a restaurant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both of them. And one's in Mineola, 388. Yes. yes. Great place. And Chris, a great guy. Big, he, strong guy. Yeah, he's a half Italian, half Greek. Yeah. So you got to yeah. love him. Yeah. I love him. He's a beautiful man. So I went there. I auctioned the rails there. So I, I saw our commissioner from Nassau County, a lot of detectives. Rodney Harrison? Uh, Nassau County. Oh, Nassau. It's Pat Ryder. Pat Ryder. Great guy. Great and guy. I was talking to, so I was talking to some of the guys at my table from Suffolk County. So I got to defend you now. 
And I am well, well, hold on. When you say defend me, thank you. But the truth is, you're defending Curtis. Well, because I let Curtis tell his side uh, of the story. I let Pete King and George V. Okay. So I'm just kind of the... Okay. Now you're getting it from the... I'm the moderator. Now you're getting it from a guy who uh, loves cops. I'll die for a cop today. I'll take a bullet for no a cop. No doubt. No and doubt. And even if I don't know him. My point is, something is wrong when you have an investigation from 2010... Something is wrong when you didn't bring the FBI completely in right away. Something is wrong when all of a sudden you get two principal guys that go to jail. Something is wrong. And you want to know something? What Curtis is saying, I don't know if there's facts to it, but there's enough of me as an ex-detective to have a case of these mass murders and not be solved until a new administration comes in with our DA that we love, Tierney, and our commissioner, Rodney Harris, and yeah. then all of a sudden, when they pick up the case back in January, when they get elected, bingo, uh, uh, 14 months later, we lock the same guy with the same evidence up, with the same truck. Duh. I'm not Stevie Wonder, but you know, there's not that many avalanches out there. Right. What you do is you do a computer file on it. You start lowering it. You start you close the net. This is Investigations 101. I'm not a great detective, but I have a sixth sense. And all these great detectives, I'm just wondering, were they stymied? If not, I've had cases with the old Suffolk County detectives. I wasn't too impressed. Nassau County got great detectives. A couple of cases, there was one suicide I remember I was handling. The guy stabbed himself five. Five times and they put it down as suicide. Uh, there were cases that are a little questionable, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit questionable. Yeah. But I got to stick up for Curtis. I'm sticking up for you. Look at. I feel as though there's enough there. This might be the biggest story to cover up. That's what I think. And, and, and again, I love Peter King, George V. Now, those are two great yeah. men. They're both great men, valued men. Uh, and I know that George V is going to defend the DOJ and the FBI. Yeah, yeah, everybody's King. defending but, it. Right, but the truth is, I, I, I'm not just a cynical guy. Well, Curtis, Curtis has provided me more, in my okay, opinion, yeah. more well, here's real your, stuff. Here's your FBI. Here's your FBI. Controlled by who? Garland. This criminal punk that <laughs> yeah. I'd like. Yes, Mr. Attorney General, I'd like to slap you in your face because you're a <laughs> scumbag. You're the one that's stopping us from prosecuting federal cases against gun convicting felons with guns. You're the one. You're the one that's the blood on your hand on all our black Americans. 21,000 last year getting gunned down. You're the one, Garland. And we all see it. With our wishes. And, and, and Bo, how about Christopher Ray? I mean, could he lie any more than he does? I mean, look, they oh want to they put it, they want to put him on again and get him for perjury. Now, all of a sudden, if anybody's been following this shocking whistleblower, this, uh, Joseph Ziegler, all of a sudden, let me give you some, some, some pointers here. Cause I, I like to read and I like to write down tax evasion flagrantly. This is for Biden's son. Joe Biden's role was not investigated. Attorney General lied. That's our friend, scumbag face. What's his name? Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland lied. (laughs) Hunter Biden was warned about the legal search and he, he, it was, it was covered up and let him know, get rid of the stuff. Also, Biden's bribery tip with the laptop was never, ever dealt with by the FBI. No interviews were allowed with the Biden family. The agent said Hunter Biden should have been charged with felonies. What else do you need here? What else? And then, yo, you can stick up for the FBI, because my best friend was a guy named Jim Fox, the assistant director in New York office. And I have a lot of respect for a lot of FBI agents, sure. and they're my friends. But you want to know something? It's not even the FBI. It's the head of the FBI. It's the head of the attorney general, Merrick Mer- 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 Garland. This is where... 
the scumbag is just drooling out. It's drooling out. And what what your friend just said on your show earlier, our friend, the blonde, what's her name? My uh, Monica Crowley. Monica Crowley so true. You know, by the way, the first time I ever met Monica Crowley, yeah. she was sitting next to Phil Simms. At your table at Rayo's 23 years ago. Well, First time I met her. All I can tell you, she's a very smart lady, and she would be a really great accent to our our family. Yes. Yes. But the other side of it, people aren't even watching. In New York State, these liberal leftist uh, people now, judges, all of a sudden now they're bringing in the congressional maps to take out four congressional seats in New York State. Do you know that? And they passed it, and yep. it's going to be for the election of 2024. Yep. We might lose the Congress just from those four. You may. And, you may. Is, and what she said is so true. This is changing our whole society. And then when people get upset with a song that says we ain't going to take it in our small town, that's racist? Come on. This is so crazy. Well, well that's racist, but Snoop Dogg can write a song encouraging people to kill cops, which he did just two years ago. Two years ago. But but Cheryl Crow is mad at Jason Aldean, your friend Cheryl Crow. My I know your friend. friend my, 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 my friend. All I know is the. Uh, I'm sure the, she's been at your table at Rails. The House Judiciary Committee Chairman yeah. Jim Jordan yeah. said he wants to hold FBI Director uh, Chris uh, Ray, Ray in contempt. Yes, in contempt. And he should. wants to bring him back in. And, well, that's the only way. Because I tell you what, if we lose Congress, all these investigations, bye-bye, dickhead. Well, they'll be they'll gone. all be yeah. gone. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, we're coming out more stuff. We had $1.2 in the PPP loans. The PPP loans, and I was not a Chinese spy. They were gone. They had nothing to do with me. And you know what? They helped me to keep my business. I have over 500 minorities, mostly black, 99% that I was able to pay money through. And that's what it was all about. Yeah. Then you get these scummy. I know a guy who's a billionaire, got $10 million. Took all the money. Took all the money. There's two. Hundred billion dollars in fraud. These people should be getting locked up. hundred percent. This is crap. Yeah. That was a good program because it saved my business and it saved a lot of saved small and businesses. businesses. Yeah. And you want to know something? It was a great thing, but they ripped up. Why don't we have the FBI investigating all these frauds? Oh, please, please. Uh, we have something similar now, which I do promote. It's called the ERC program. And we've got a company yeah. right here yeah. that, that helps you with that. Well, Not just black people. You also do a great job of employing the great Albert. People. Of course. Now, <laughs> one more thing real fast. I know we're on a time constraint yeah. here. But the reality is, you know, with these young teens getting shot every day, it's just going, going. Here's the big one. Guess what, New York State, New York City? Uh, by 2027, we will have almost a $40 billion deficit in our budget. Just keep giving them money. Hey, Hulko, Snaggletooth, keep giving the money away. And Eric, just let's keep. Spending the money in New York, soon it's going to dry up. And where's the well, money going to come from? To Eric's credit, and you know who texted me last night, boy? I thought about you, Ooh. Eddie Caban. Oh, I he actually sent it. me a nice text. Well, you know, we've been, we were his. Uh, 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 of course, from day one, you I and love Curtis him. Moore. I love But him. Eric, Eric, to his credit, has now drawn the line on the migrants. He says, in sixty days, if you don't figure this out, you got to go. So I'll give him credit for that. At well, least he's come, and he's still, well, look, he's still blaming the state and the federal government. He's not saying Kathy Hochul and Joe Biden, which is a little weak for me, but at least he's getting closer. And going back to our friend Plughead, Senator Schumer, <laughs> all of a sudden he just awoke now and knows that we're having You've got problem. better nicknames than Donald Trump. With, 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 with the fentanyl. 
all of a sudden, oh, we got fentanyl. I'm going to put, uh, what's the word he uses? I'm going to put uh, things against them. I'm going to, sanctions. Oh, sanctions. Oh, sanctions. This is his oh. big word. Hey, hey, Schumer, get some more plugs in your head, you <laughs> ugly son of a gun. You have done nothing. You're ahead of the United States Senate. You should be calling for him to shut down trade with China until that fentanyl stops. Why don't you find your ball bag, Schumer? All you do is take money from, from people and get get things done. You're just as bad as Big Bird de Blasio. Okay, so now uh, my, that, my friend almost beat him, Joe Pinion, last time around. Maybe Joe will try it again. Hey, Schumer, there'll probably be 120 Americans will be dying this year from fentanyl. No, 120,000. 120,000. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Correct. Right. But Schumer, why don't you get off your butt and listen to Bo <laughs> and start doing something? You're a zero. A zero. Okay? Okay, so that's it for now. And all I can tell people is the sun will come out tomorrow, maybe. It's going to come no, out tomorrow. Me, no, 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 no. You are, for all the, the negative things you just talked about, there's a lot of them. You are still one of the most optimistic people. When I sat at that table last week, for example, at Rayo's, you're funny. You got great stories. You love life. I mean, I'm being honest, boy. I'm not kidding you. For all the negative stuff we talk about, you enjoy life. They you giving, love life. Now, now all of a sudden, Biden didn't like the the Supreme Court law about paying off these uh, student loans yeah, yeah, for yeah. about five hundred billion dollars. Yeah. Now he's letting it go. Hey, look at Sid. I wanted to go to college. All I wanted to be was a gym teacher. I couldn't afford. I couldn't take a loan. You know, when you take a loan, it's like a mortgage. Next, they'll be they'll be getting rid of your mortgages. Next, yeah. for the people who have mortgages. Well, I would where like that. Do, <laughs> where do we stop? You like it, but who's paying for it? No, oh, we pay for it. Of course, this, you and I. Pay this for other it. plughead, Biden, he's got plugs in his head too. Yes, he does. This other plughead wants to now take care of all the loans for the students. I know. Hey, plughead, who's paying for it? You'll be dead in, probably in another couple of weeks. Because any time you walk, you're about to fall down. You know what? Let's get this country back. And I'm praying that all listeners, Democrats, Republicans, and independents, let's start with George Grasso. But let's start voting for what's important to us, our family, this inflation, our military, and start realizing if we don't stop, and the crime, the crime is the most uh, most recognizable part. We all got to be Americans. We're not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We are Americans, and let's start doing it. And, Sid, we need a backup for Donald Trump, okay. please. Fair enough. That is a great message from a great New Yorker, a great American, and a great man. A man I'm proud to call a friend for the better part of 26 years. He's great on this show, too, twice a week. My dear friend, Bo Deedle. We'll uh, take a short break. When we get back, he spent a lot of years as president of CBS Radio, my old friend Dan Mason. But first, as we've done all day long, you got it, Jason Aldean. Look upon somebody on a sidewalk, carjacking old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act the fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face. Stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think it's tough. Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down. Radio 
1077 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Goodbye, girl. Richard Dreyfuss, Marsha Mason. It may have been the first movie my mom and dad took me to see. It was right around the same time as Saturday Night Fever, but Marsha Mason was the star. My next guest is Dan Mason. No relation. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mason works. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. You know, the actors are on strike and the writers are on strike, and somebody said to me last week, well, it's, at least we have Broadway. Well, no, not really, because tomorrow Broadway's going to strike too, so. Ain't going to be no entertainment anywhere except for me. That's it. That's all you're going to have. Oh, boy. That's right. This is like your, or, per- this is like your perfect Or Mayor goal. Eric Adams, yeah. who is starting his own radio show. See, I asked Eric to come on twice a month, and he gave me the, the true answer. I didn't share this with you, but he told me a week ago, he said, I'd like to do it, but the truth is, I'm about to start my own radio show on WBLS. <laughs> it's going to be weekly, I believe. And it starts July the 23rd. Now, he's on after me because he's smart. He would never go up against me. Well, it's on Sunday, I believe, as well. Oh, there you go. Sunday's at 1030. Nowhere near me. (laughs) So uh, he ain't going to be on this show uh, twice a month or three times. But he'll be on regularly. But he's got his own show now at WBLS. So with that said, here he is, the former president of CBS Radio, my friend Dan Mason. Dan, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid, and you are on fire this morning. I can see the smoke coming out of the Uh You know what? I am, and it started at 6 o'clock, and what really got me going, Dan, we'll get to the Roseanne Bar stuff with you. Forget about my, my, my buddy Trump. Forget about uh, the Biden criminal crime family. Forget about everything going on. What got me going this morning is Jason Aldean. Now, I become a big country music fan over the last four or five years, so I do like him anyway, but the fact that this country has pretty much canceled him. They're okay with Snoop Dogg singing songs about uh, shooting cops, which he did just two years ago. They put that guy on the halftime show at the Super Bowl, and nobody complained. But Cheryl Crow is upset because, you know, uh, Jason Aldean is out there talking about small-town values. That got me pissed off, Dan Mason, at 5 o'clock this morning. I feel your pain, brother. I saw that video, and he did a great job. You know, it's great. So I'm going to give you a blinding flash of the obvious on how the Republicans can win the election. Would you like to hear? I'd love to hear that. I'm a Republican, sure. Sure. OK, 
Okay, let me take you back to Miami, and that's a market you and I both know about, yes. Miami market. And there was a programmer there. You remember Bill Tanner? I do remember Bill Tanner, yes. Okay, let me tell you what Bill Tanner told me on how to win Miami. He told me, and I just started working in the Miami market, and he said, if you can increase listening in eight zip codes around Hialeah, you can win the market. And we we blitzed it, did everything we could, and we did really well there. But unbelievable that six zip codes can hold up the Miami market in the ratings in Nielsen. So I flash back to Roseanne Barr, and she talked about her 36 counties equals 81 million people. But I boiled it down to only six zones. And if the Republicans can do well in these six zones, don't have to win them, do well, it could make a difference in the election. Well, before you tell us these six zones, for folks that may not be aware, Roseanne Barr was called to the carpet a couple of weeks ago because she doesn't believe, of course, that Biden collected 81 million votes in those 36 counties. And she said, uh, to make a, kind of a funny analogy, she said, oh, yeah, and the Holocaust never happened. Well, some people took her at her word and said, oh, my God, there's that anti-Semite. By the way, Roseanne Barr is Jewish. She was clearly joking and saying, oh, yeah, he got 81 million votes like the Jews never died in the Holocaust. So that's what you're talking about going back to her comments. Exactly. But I'm not sure that Biden didn't get the, the right amount of votes. But here's why. If you look at Los Angeles County, 10 million people there, and Biden had 71 percent of the vote. You look at Cook County in Chicago, 5 million people, 74 percent. You look at uh, even San Francisco County, which only has a million people, but he got 85 percent of the vote. So you total up these zones. There's 35 million people in this in this area, all six of them, which includes New York. 10 million people. He got 61 percent. Uh, but I, you know, something's got to change. And if I'm a real analytical kind of guy like I am, I'm going to take apart those zones and find out what impact I can make to increase my presence there. Now, let me ask you this. This is an important question. You guys might know more than me on this, but I don't recall a Republican rally in any of those areas. Can you? Give me those uh, specific areas one more okay. time. Lo- Los Angeles, yeah. Chicago, yeah. New York City, mm. Houston in Harris County. Yeah. I lived in Harris County well, no, for Houston, years, no, no, so no, Houston, you may remember, Donald Trump actually put on such a humongous rally. I think he had... One of the leaders of India, who, believe it or not, is a Donald Trump fan, show up. They made a big deal about it. So, Houston, I do remember Trump putting on a huge rally. Huge. Well, shockingly, you would think that Donald Trump would have won Harris County. He didn't. He didn't. 56% by Right, right. So... Well, but look, I mean, Donald Trump also also put on a huge rally in Seattle, Washington. And I believe he lost that, too, I believe. But to your point, those six counties, for the most part, the answer is uh, no, Dan, no. Okay, well, here you go. What if what, uh, Donald Trump, if he's the nominee, what if he goes to the United Center in Chicago? Wouldn't that be something? Sure. Let's say he takes on a venue in Los Angeles or San Francisco. Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. At least the Republican, there is there are Republicans there. At least they would raise uh, awareness and a base. Just like Biden activated his base through the student loans and the abortion issue, he, he drug him out there. So why can't the Republicans do the same thing in the areas where it counts the most? So that's my point. That's my blinding flash of the obvious for you guys. No, that's a, that's when you're co-host, you ask the co-host. It's a great you question. Ask, who's who's going to win this election? <laughs> yeah. you, 
uh, Trump or Biden, and he said Biden, and you kind of, oh, but, you know, it, something's got to change, Sid, in those areas, because if it repeats itself, you can't depend on Topeka, Kansas to carry the election all the time. Well, I must tell you that uh, I'm humbled uh, that you are listening. You're talking about an interview I did with Rich Lowry from the uh, – well, where's Rich from again? Uh, Easy editor, National Review. And I asked him yesterday, so you were listening yesterday. I appreciate that, Dan. I really do. I'm actually honored of bringing up the fact that he said Biden would win. But you you bring up a great question. Why not? I mean, uh, let me ask you. uh, Is it because Trump is nervous he can't fill the House? Because he can – there's millions of people in those towns, and even if he's got 4 million supporters here, or 3 million, he can fill up any venue. So why don't you think he does do that? I wish I knew. I wish I knew, because I've never known Trump to be afraid of anything. <laughs> so. yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I'm going to bring that up. It would be fun. I'm going to bring that up. Trump is going to join me again for the second time in about two months, I believe next week or the week after. I'm going to ask him. How about that? Sid, there's a lot of smart, analytical people around that can take work with the Republican Party to crunch, just like we do in radio. You know, those six zip codes in Hialeah, what we do is use direct mail. We put a, I'll put a sound truck in there if I have to, to reverse the ratings. And it works. It's, direct, it's that guerrilla marketing type stuff. And um, Bill Tanner knew how to do it. He'd been doing, he did it his whole career. He's rest in peace. But... He made a great fortune for himself in the radio business doing exactly that. And you know it, what program directors and radio stations, I don't get too in the weeds, but they call it the hot zips. Remember that? Sure, sure. Okay. Yep. These are the hot areas, the yep. hot counties, and transform the same way of thinking we did in radio and marketing to how do you raise awareness to the base in those six zones because they're going to make a difference. 35 million people, and there was only 6 million votes difference between Trump and Biden. That can be a that can be a big factor. What I'm going to do now is try to take this and transition to football. All these analytics that you're talking about here with those six counties, those six zones, and millions and millions of votes. And uh, I got to guess, I'm going to assume here, Dan Mason, that a lot of those analytics, the way you figured that out, is the way that an app that you're involved with goes and figures out who's going to win between the Giants and the Cowboys week one. Sunday night football and the Jets and the Bills Monday night week one. I believe it's called Juice Reels or the, the website, the app you're involved with that goes and takes all those analytics with football season yeah, right around it's the corner. Called, uh, Sita, thank you for that. It's called yeah. Juice Reel. Yeah. You can R E E L, like the rod and reel, and you can download it at either, uh, any, either one, Apple or uh, Android. But um, it goes into the intelligence of we've got about $80 million that, or $800 million synced through that app in a handle. And it researches, it goes back and completely analyzes that $800 million and uh, tries to figure out which way to go. And uh, we'll give you information on that. But more so than anything, it keeps track of what you're doing. Like, for example, if you have um, – if you have a betting account at DraftKings, you might have one at uh, Caesars or whatever. It consolidates all of your sports betting into one place where you can see your ROI on the NFL or baseball or whatever. In my case, I am not a good baseball better. Now, I don't do well, and I just kill myself. I kill my ROI every time I go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, the ba- College football good, NFL good, right. baseball bad. Well, baseball's rough uh, from a betting standpoint because it's the only sport where you can go four and one in five games 
and still lose money because if you take one heavily favored pitcher, you may lay 260, you may lay 280. I remember the days with Randy Johnson, guys were laying 310. You can win three games at even money. You're still going to lose money on the day. You're going to go, you're going to go four and one and lose money. Baseball is really the only sport that does that, right? Well, I'm going to share something with the listeners and you that would be helpful. It's kind of a little secret that I've tripped on, but I kind of look at the MLB stats. And for example, who, what team has the most walks in MLB? And of course, that would be the San Diego Padres, mostly because of Soto. They don't want pitch to him. So I will wait and see who the Padres are playing tonight. And whoever that opposing pitcher is, if I can get over under, let's say, let's say he's one and a half walks. Oh, I'll take the over every day with the Padres. Now, on the other hand, I look and see who strikes out less. Hmm. And right now it's the Cleveland Indians. So I'll go back to the opposing pitcher. And if I'll see an opposing pitcher that has a over under on strikeouts of maybe four and a half, I'll take the under. Because the Cleveland Indians don't strike out very much. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but they don't strike out. So that's kind of a new way to look at it than, rather than just uh, per team performance. I really look at it based on right now I'm not betting on teams. I'm betting on uh, walks and strikes. Right, and props. The prop bets are, uh, are people do very, very well with those. So one more time, again, football season right around the corner, the first college game about three weeks away because a lot of people stay out of baseball anyway, to be honest. What's, uh, what's the URL for this great app? Oh, it's, uh, you, can, you can take a look at the app right now at com. J-U-I-C-E-R-E-E-L dot com. You can take a look at it and download the app from there. It would be the easiest way to do it, I think. I think we should do something during football season regularly with Juice Reel and you and try to figure something out because a lot of the guys out there and ladies who listen to this show don't mind every now and then putting in an entertainment investment, and uh, they're waxed by October, so maybe you can help them, Dan. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, more than anything, it's going to give them more information on how they're doing, how right. their betting is going. Um Stay away from this. Maybe you're doing better on that. Take a right. Don't take a left. That kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah, I'd love to do that with you. All I right. I just enjoy talking to you anyway. Uh, me too. I enjoy talking to you too. Those are some great points about those 36 counties, those six counties here in the United States that can very well determine the next election. And you're right. The Republicans should take advantage of that. And I promise when I get Trump back on in a week or two, I will bring that up. Excellent job, Dan Mason. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. What a great job. The former president of CBS Radio, my friend, and a really smart guy, as you can tell, Dan Mason. Got to get him on more often during football season. I mean that. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Kim Corns, Betty Davis eyes. Tough birthday today. How old is Kim? I figured out. She's got to be like 100. I think so. <laughs> busted. I know, 78. So, yeah, she's old. I write things down. I know you're great. 78, Kim Corns, Betty Davis eyes. She also did a great song with Kenny Rogers, Don't Fall in Love with the Dreamer. You like that song? Uh, That's sure. a good song. Okay, yes, it's a great song. Yeah. But I have to break because 
I want to make sure that I play the whole Jason Aldean song. And what I want people to do is roll down your windows, all you people sitting in traffic listening to me, the millions of you, roll down your windows, blast the song. If you're home listening on the app, first, download the app. Stop listening on iHeart. These other 77 WABC. Download the app. It's free. So if you're listening to the app at home or in your car, roll down the windows, blast old Dean's song, and scream, eat me. I'm American. I'll be right back. Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Look upon somebody on a sidewalk, carjacking old lady at a red light. Now that is a great song. Jason Aldean, try that in a small town. Down here, 
we take care of our own. I love this city. I love New York City. You guys know I do. I love it. But I just got jealous. I've lived in smaller towns, never a small town. I've been to just about every town in this country. At one point, I was syndicated in 73 markets, did shows from towns like La Crosse, Wisconsin, Clarksville, Tennessee, Abilene, Texas. Seen these small towns. He ain't kidding. You come into our town, you try that nonsense, BLM, Antifa, you try burning down our police stations, spitting a cop's face, punch somebody outside having dinner, you try that in our town, we're going to kill you. And I don't know. That sounds like the America I want to live in. Not this crap. Not New York City, a bunch of rich jerk-offs. Not Los Angeles, not Miami, not all the places I've actually lived. Boca Raton and New York City. I mean, the beauty about the place I live right now is it's got small-town values. Rockaway, Bell Harbor, small-town values. That's all he's singing about, folks. And he's right. He's right. That's a great American right there, Jason Aldean. And what's he getting for it? Canceled everywhere. Except there's one problem. His song, number one on iTunes. Number one, one dollar and 29 cents. You want to show some great patriotism today? Go buy that song right now. Buy 10 of them. I don't care. Try that in a small town on iTunes by Jason Aldean. So for Lou Rapino, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, Elena, and all of us here on Sitting Friends in the Morning.